Jack. Ian, what's going on, man? I went outside. Oh, what what was that like? <laughs> um, I think it's been three weeks since, since you've been outside. Since I went out the front door. Oh wow! Um, the last time I remember uh, leaving the house was going over to the house of some friends who just mm-hmm. moved here uh, for a dinner get-together. Other than that, I, I I haven't been going outside. So I was walking Scarlet, the little one, around the house today, and, mm-hmm. you know, she's I'm her bing-bong, so she just likes to tell me what to do, and I try and go like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> um, and she, she, was like, she pointed at the front door and was like, outside! Actually, her voice is much sweeter than that. It's more like, outside! And I was like, <laughs> okay. And open the door, and I realized it's the first time I've stepped outside in like three weeks. Wow! And was uh, it? it was like, did did you have to like acclimatize to it or something? Well, it was sixty degrees here. I don't know what that is in Celsius. Um, I think that's like mid twenties or something. It's warm. It was nice. Like the, it was yeah. crisp. You know, like mm-hmm. in a um, in a young winter day. It's not where it's. It never gets hot anymore, but it, the, like because mm-hmm. there's always that crispness of uh, in the air, even if it's a nice day. And we yep. sat out there, and I was waiting for my eyes to adjust to the light. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And they never did. I sat out there for ten minutes, just yeah. like I could not get my eyes to adjust to. The sunlight. Now I wear sunglasses most of the time, but I was sitting there thinking, cavemen didn't have sunglasses. What? Like, are when are my eyes gonna be okay? I guess they're not. They're never gonna be okay. I I never wear sunglasses. I hate them. I they they itch and they're annoying and I don't know. I've never liked them. Um, that's probably why my eyes are probably gonna go really bad. Yeah. Well, we get we. I live in a state that gets three hundred days of sunshine a year. I mean, even today when it was yeah. chillier, um, yeah. it was just clear blue sky. I, I have that light makes a big difference to me. But anyway, and the other thing too, yeah. I realized was um, a couple of months ago, I had to buy new. I had three dead vehicles parked outside this house, <laughs> uh, and a, a okay. golf. The my roommate's car that I had bought from him. And a scooter. Mm-hmm. And all three of them were dead. The batteries were dead, because I, I, I never drove them. And okay. none of them, all of the registration was expired on all three of them. So I had to go through this big deal to... Um, so I, I donated one of the cars to NPR. And then uh, got the other two cars up to date. During the pandemic, which is like had to be all be done through mail and over the telephone... Yeah. And then I didn't. I haven't driven either of them for a month, and I haven't started them again. And that's not good for cars. No, no, that's really not good. I'm not Jack. I struggle with uh, maintenance living. You know the. <laughs> you know how like being a person requires certain level of a uh, certain amount of maintenance. You oh know. Boy, yeah. Uh, oh boy, do I know that? <laughs> paying your bills and and mm. working out and. You know, keeping I'm, things registered. I'm kind of good at the first one. I am not good at any of those. Uh, 
<laughs> in saying that, my rent comes out of my my pay automatically. So I, I mean, that I makes a difference. Yeah, a lot of my turn, not pay it. A lot of my bills are are auto sub, uh, subtracted, but I used to. But I actually think that's to my detriment because uh, back when I first started trying to be an adult, um, I actually had to have a budget day, and I kept a calendar with when bills were due. <sighs> And I got paid yeah. bi-weekly, and I had to sit down and write out the checks to send in the mail to pay the different bills. Pay with check? Yeah. That's so foreign to me. I've, I've never signed a check in my life. I mean, life. rapidly, it's, they started adjusting. But there was something to having to look at your budget and having to look at your, mm-hmm. your calendar and all of that. And it just, uh, like... With the auto subtract, I, every once in a while now I'll log into my bank account to make sure I have money, and then I go, oh, okay, I'm fine, and that's it. That's all the budgeting that I do. <laughs> I I often feel like I'm a terrible adult, <laughs> and part of that is because I don't I don't budget, and I don't like the idea of bu- budgeting because I don't know, like yeah. it's like. <sighs> Okay, so roughly I spend about 100, 150 to 100, uh, no, about $150 a fortnight on uh, food. But sometimes I like to spend about 170 because there's I see something nice at the market. I'm like, I want to buy that. Yeah. So I'm not going to be like, no, I'm not going to because I've only got $150 to spend. But that would, would explain why I currently got like $6.25 in my bank account. <laughs> So if you'd like to support the podcast, please. Uh... <laughs> By the way, speaking of po- podcasts, hey friends, welcome to podcast of the nerds. My name is Jack. I'm Ian. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be keeping things sample. Yes, we are. Uh, we're going to be talking about our top five movies that we saw this year. That's not movies that came out this year, movies that we saw this year. Yeah, yeah, because... Of the movies that came out this year, how many of us actually went to a theater to see all of them? <laughs> um, we're also going to do a short little uh, worst of list. I, I'm not big on worst ofs, but I think here's the re- I, I thought that I'm not big on negative reviews. It's just not fun uh, for me, and um, I'm always, I, I I I have some of that creator mindset too, where I'm like, just making anything is a success. Yeah. Making the room is a success. You know. I agree, but I, as you know, I love watching terrible things and laughing at them. And, Wait until like, we get to the worst of list. <laughs> um, and after that, of course, we will be continuing the fanfic reading. Here is gone by Terry Boda chapter. I'm not sure. I, I think we're on 37. But the um, like it's actually strangely one off from us, either more or less than what uh, we actually yeah. have. Which we're coming up on, we're not soon, but we're going to hit 50 episodes at some point. I haven't decided, you came on in the mid-20s or early 20s. This is is like my 12th or 13th. I think this is uh, your 13th. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure. It doesn't feel like it. I'm not sure if we stop numbering or start numbering based on, I don't know, or does numbering even matter for podcasts? When we get to like 200, are we going to give a crap? I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, you started this, so I'm just following your suit, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so the uh, the bottom three list. The only reason I think that it's kind of um, an interesting exercise in this particular case, rather than like, where are the, the uh, uh, 
new Marvel movie was terrible. Like, who cares? I got bored right. just saying that sentence. Sure. But the um, yeah. because of the list of shame project, where we have this list of supposed well, best films of all time, I think. And there's stuff makes, in there we know is going to to be bad. Yeah, well, well, uh, or stuff or that just is not our taste or is dated yeah. or whatever. And yeah. so I think it makes the bottom three uh, conversation a little more interesting than. I agree. The new Star Wars movie wasn't very good. <laughs> who cares? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, so, Jack, what have you been up to this week? Well. I, I think I've sort of touched on it b- before, but uh, I head up north to visit family every uh, Christmas, and so I'm gearing up for, for that. I'll be taking off in less than than a month now, and oh, like going to Sydney. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm glad the borders are open now, so I can go. But there was a tiny, tiny part of me that was like. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if the borders didn't open so I could just chill out and not yeah. do anything. But well, then I would have been lonely and sad and, and miserable, so I don't know. I don't want to... I don't want to... Uh, uh, podcasting is a is a tightrope walk of uh, what topics are off-limits and what topics are not. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, how do you feel... So, we... Uh, skip over this if, if necessary, oh, but... God. How do you feel about, about going to thera- therapize No, me? no. Uh, I can <laughs> okay. if you want to. How would that make you feel? I mean, would, would that be, like, di- any different from a typical conversation with, with us, though? Like, really? <laughs> no. So, uh, but how do you feel about going home? How do you, how do you feel about family? My family and I don't, you know, uh, it's ebb and flow, but a lot of ebb lately. Yeah. Here's the thing. So look, I, I very much enjoy it. I like seeing everybody and look, it's nice just getting away from my life for a while. Um, yeah. you know, I, I go and stay at my uh, mother's and it's nice to have someone sort of look, look, look after me a little bit. Um, and it's very much like, um, it's it's relieving and it's a break in a sense that I don't have to like I don't have to pay for anything while I'm there. I don't have to like 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 I'm not a leech, but my mum doesn't be say say to me like oh you have to buy your own food and blah 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 blah. It's it, it's just nice to be able to let go of all those adult responsibilities for a while. Um, so so Jack, I enjoy that. Yeah. Would you say that you like to be doted on? Yes, yes. But, and who doesn't, right? Who you like, doesn't? You, you like it right? when someone makes you feel safe. Yes. <laughs> yes, Ian. Taken care of. Yes. Yes, Ian. Daddy. Okay. I mean, what? Good to know. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no, no. But, no, it sounded like there was a but coming at the end of that sentence. There, Not there the but, is a but, I wanted, a very but. big but. Wait. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so... Uh, but look, I, I typically stay for like four to six weeks, weeks which is a long visit. Yeah, um, but it's that's a long I visit. I get itchy and after a weekend. Yeah, by the end of it, you're just like, Jack, when are you coming home? Mm-hmm. Um, and look, it's... And, and I always come home uh, feeling very glad to be home. Um, and like, here's the thing. So yes, it's nice to see everybody. But yeah. Me and my mom... We get along and we have a good relationship, but she and I, we're both quite, um, 
Stubbornness, though, it is, isn't the right word because I, I wouldn't describe. I wouldn't describe you as, as stubborn. A stubborn person. Yeah. No, but um, me and my mum, I guess, we're both strong personalities. So when we're under the same roof for too long, it gets a little contentious, and mm-hmm. there's a bit of friction and whatnot. Honestly, a huge part of it is my mom is still my mom and I'm a 33 year old man who lives alone <laughs> and I don't take kindly to being told what to do or being lectured and my mom, she's a lovely woman, yeah. she's a lovely, lovely woman, but she likes to, to lecture and tell me what to, to do, especially when I'm in her uh, home and look, I get it, I get it, but it, it just grates on me. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. I get to hang out with my uh, brothers. Um, my my brother and I still haven't haven't finished watching through Buffy. We've I haven't spoken to to my brother in ages. He's gone a little a a well well at least from the in, the, the the internet. Um, and I'll also be heading to spend a couple of weeks with uh, my sister, who I haven't uh, seen for a, a while. So look, overall, it's a good experience, but it's always very good to be home. Sure, that's what I will yeah, say. Which is not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what else? Uh, I finished the Umbrella Academy. Good. Uh, which was fantastic. It, it's one of the best shows I've seen in in a while, and I, I'm now I I've I've got that 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 sinking feeling of oh crap now I have to wait for the next season and I don't want to wait. I've so I've become so used to uh, instant grat- gratification and binging, and now I now I know I can't do do, do that. Um, well, especially yeah, look, after um, this year, you just wonder what how this is going to have an impact on the production of everything yeah. you know i do know they've been greenlit for season three but i don't know if they're filming right now if any if anybody knows let me know because i would like i would be very interested to uh hear but see the superhero uh genre i've seen some c- complaints the, the last few years that it's become over saturated and i'm not someone who is re- repelled by that like i don't yeah, me neither. I don't. If I like something, I don't care. Like, keep giving it to me. I don't care. Um, but this this feels fresh, and I I can't really elaborate why. I I, I just feel like this is kind of different, um, and and it's done in such a way that is um, it just feels kind of unique to me. Um, well, it seems like that and the boys are the um, the anti MCU kinds of kind things. of yeah well you actually know. no 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 very much so especially the boys the the boys is the complete opposite yeah. um but this is too because this deals with a lot of like a- adult themes that marvel just wouldn't touch you know, yeah you know, and like, that, really like serious things. that's a nice balm to um yeah. you know i love the mcu but they are very yeah. refined other than the very. taika watiti stuff they're very yeah um streamlined they're incredibly efficient at what they do but there's but efficiency can feel repetitive uh sometimes and the mcu only goes only goes a certain distance when it comes to grit and 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 darkness it doesn't go beyond yeah yeah it's funny my uh favorite iron man movie is probably the third one. Mine too, but yeah. because it humanized Tony. Yeah, but I I don't necessarily think it's the best 
Iron Man movie. That's probably the first one. Yeah. But the third yeah, one to me was the most interesting because of him grappling mm. with post-traumatic stress disorder and mm, um, attacks and all that. Yeah, yeah, and the idea of that being uh, 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 that happening to soldiers and um, yeah, there was a whole bunch. Uh, and I love uh, what's his name, the actor, even though he Robert uh, Downey Jr. Dan- no, not Robert Downey Jr. Um, <laughs> the bad guy, not Ben Kingsley. Ah, uh, um, yeah, me- Memento, whatever his name is, I always forget. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know who he's t- talking about. Yeah, I love him, even though that part was underwritten. Um, lots of good bits. I enjoy that writer who wrote the Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon movies and uh, oh, okay, um, Nice Guys and a couple of uh, um, other ones. I think it's underrated, uh, even if I understand people's criticisms with it. Um, yeah. I don't. I've never heard criticisms that made me go, "Yeah, but right. it must be terrible because of that." I was like, yeah, I could see that, right. and I enjoyed it. So yeah, that's exactly how I feel with the complaint that the superhero thing is oversaturated. But my my point sure. is that it it didn't actually finish the PTSD story. The PTSD story was sort of a, a backdrop for okay. Um, the the it ends in bombast where it might have been. Yeah. more interesting him his tony stark in the comic books is an alcoholic and oh, okay. they just hint at that in the first uh movie where he gets drunk yeah. one time um it's... instead of actually having a problem there's a lot of stuff like yeah. that it's like when they leave the uh sherlock's addiction out of um the sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. stories i think that's his the, the vice is what humanizes him it makes him mm-hmm. more interesting and so sometimes when they yeah. don't get into that stuff for the mm-hmm. characters i find it a little meh yeah. i think um the mcu too they're still trying to be reasonably family friend friendly and yeah. a little more uh, ubiquitous in their audience um, supposedly and I, and I respect that the mm-hmm. new uh doctor strange movie is going to be them doing a horror film yeah that's doctor what i've strange heard in the it's mouth like of the madness first, yeah um yeah the multiverse of madness multiverse of madness yeah um, yeah, I've heard that it's the MCU's first ever uh, ho- horror film, and they probably won't, but I really hope they lean into to that, because that would be amazing. Yeah. But, um, well, and um, the other thing I've heard is that they're bringing Deadpool into the MCU now that they um, they own oh, all of Fox's stuff. I would and that so please start doing some R ratings. The whole point yeah. of Deadpool was... Mm that you can have and and I don't love the Deadpool movies but they made and, money and it worked yeah it, it still worked yeah yeah um I I I love Deadpool but I'm a huge uh, Ryan Reynolds fan I love I, I'm more a fan movies. of Ryan Reynolds than I am of Deadpool um okay. that's fair yeah um but yeah the Umbrella Academy uh deals a lot with uh time, time tra- travel which can be when there's a lot of time time traveling, some something it can be, become sort of confusing or convoluted or sort of hard to follow sometimes. But this, no, it's it, it's very easy to follow. And there's minor minor spoiler in season two. They go back into the 1960s and it centers around uh, Kennedy's assassination and just the way it's done, it's so good ian you have to watch it yeah i will eventually i really do think my my compensation for or or, uh, my way of compensating for 
that uh I've got to wait for the next season to mm. come uh, is to just not watch the thing until it's done. Yeah, wait. That's usually usually okay. what I do do as well. And I know your your way of getting into something there has to be a likable person or mm-hmm. a hook or an, an emotional beat, and you you won't find that straight away, but you will find it eventually. It's, okay, it's, good to know. Yeah, it's really good. But uh, the cast is also great. I talked about it last week, but uh, Ellen, Ellen Page, I love her. I think she's so good. Um, and of course, uh, Robert Sheehan as Klaus. Klaus is my spirit animal. That's all I'm going to say. I love that dude so freaking much. He's just great. Um, he's a messed up. He's, he's just a mess of a person and, and I love him for it. Uh, and where do people yeah. watch the Umbrella Academy? Uh, it, it's on net- Netflix. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah, def- definitely check it out if you haven't and let me know what you think I would be interested to uh, hear um, I've also started watching a show called You that you yeah. uh, rec- recommended to me Ian. I don't know if I recommended it did well, I no. recommend you, you, it? oh I said if you, you liked Gone Girl you would you might enjoy You yeah 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 and you kind of warned me that it's gross and intense and it very yeah but I think that Okay, so context. Uh, the movie that we watched off the list of shame, which we are not dedicating a segment to today, is uh, Gone Girl. Um, neither of us had seen it before, and nope. it was just kind of a weird miss. Uh, what's the director's name? David Fincher, of yeah. course. Uh, we put it on the list. It's David Fincher feels like one of those directors that you should kind of see. I love him. Everything that he makes right now, yeah. even if... Um, and sure enough the movie was incredibly constructed um the construction was uh i mean it was the best part of the movie by far was how well put together the 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 film was the pacing everything but the plot i i really struggled with whether or not i was enjoying the movie yeah um everyone yeah. was a sleazeball the women in the movie were either very tropey or uh underwritten mm-hmm. um I, I i think i ended up on the side of i i enjoyed it but um it reminded me a lot of you which i've watched almost one season of but i stopped for oh, the okay. reasons that you're uh mm-hmm. that you mentioned which is some shows I felt this way about Dexter. Sometimes shows, there's a fine line, especially when you're doing anti-heroes, there's a fine line in um, making the audience feel complicit in the ugliness mm-hmm. that's going on on screen right. versus, I, I, I actually, I don't know the, the how to do that tightrope exactly. Right. I don't, I, for me personally as a viewer, I don't understand when that works well and when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs might be an example of it kind of working well because um, uh, Hannibal is in a cage the entire time. You've also got Clarice. That's where the narrative is grounded. She's mm-hmm. equally terrified of him, so she kind of keeps guides us through uh, the relationship. But Dexter, I often felt, you know, the guy needs a therapist. Something. <laughs> he needs more than that. You know, I, I, I often felt like while the show was very entertaining and pacey and a lot of fun, um, mm-hmm. I struggled with feeling like getting the feeling like I was getting the show on me. Does that make oh. sense? 
Yeah, but yeah. here's the thing. You might be surprised to uh, hear this, but you is... I'm not sure if I'm into it for the, the reasons you just Well, yeah, mentioned. tell me. See, let's talk about the show. What is you and... So, very, very basically, there's this young dude that works in a, a bookstore. Now, I've only seen I've only seen three three episodes too, so I'm not okay. that, that that far in, in into it. But this, this woman comes in look, looking for a book, and he becomes enamored with her, and then he basically just starts stalk, stalking her. Um, yeah. And then, kind of, yeah. Well, well, from what I've seen, it, lo- it looks like they're like kind of dating now, and it, it's. For me, though, it's very unsettling and off-putting. See, for me, Dexter, Dexter was someone I could root for still, even though he was oh. messed up. I I felt like I, I, I cheered for him a lot, and I felt like he's not a good person. No, he's a psychopath. Okay? Right. He's not a good person, but ah, uh, he would still do some good things kind of this guy though in you he's just gross he's a stalker he's yeah yeah and and i don't like that especially when it comes to like stalking a woman and 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 manipulating her and i don't know it's just very well the person that you're rooting for he so the the episodes all are uh, occur with his voiceover. You're hearing the thoughts yes. inside his head. As it's he's very al- elegant in in that regard. It's very yeah, I, and classy. I think it's I think again it's very uh, well put together. Um, but I mean, you what you end up rooting for uh, are the women that he's stalking. Yes, yes yeah. absolutely. absolutely. And, and I think that the um, show. I, I I think it's based on a book originally, but um, yeah, it is. What I was getting out it of it was how a woman too. how it it undermines romantic nonsense. You know, like Riley's lines yeah. of "Because I'm so in love with you, I can't think yeah. straight." Yeah, and that's what this guy guy does. Like he's, he's, he's a he, he's a nice guy. Very, yeah, and and um, he speaks very like rom- romantically and like with like rom- romantic prose should, should, should I say but what he's doing is not romantic yeah. it's gross it's, it's 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 not the I mean he's cute he's attractive he's uh and he he thinks charming. about thinks that he's a gentleman and he thinks about her all, all the time yeah. he's not the I'm doing this for your own good he's the I'm just watching out for you for your own good like yeah. it's not yeah. it, it's but yeah. not even with that psychotic kind of thing in there it it it, it it's an interesting way of exploring um, a yeah. lot of the possessiveness and a lot of yeah. the yeah. the uglier stuff that sort of flows underneath yeah. conventional romanticism. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. appreciated it on that level. It just yeah. made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what it's doing for me. And look, and you know me, I like messed up things that make me feel feel gross and dirty and like I need to... <laughs> Drink, drink a bottle of whiskey and have, have a shower while whilst the therapist talk, talks to, to me. I'm 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 into that. But see, the thing, thing is, this might sound wrong, but I like Dexter. I I kind it of it doesn't sound wrong. Yeah, like what you like. I like him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mean the the show though. I I mean I kind of like Dexter as as a character, but this guy I don't like him at all. Yeah. He's gross. Yeah. He I is don't gross. Like him. Yeah. Um. But Dexter, look, if Dexter was a real-life person, of course I wouldn't like him. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that is a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking the about The way fiction. that show presents him, he's likable, but this guy just, he's not. Yeah. And I don't like him. 
Um, oh, and but, lastly... Let, sorry, let, let me know what you think of it if you stick with it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to. I will. I yeah. definitely will. I'm. You know me. I'm a completionist. I can't not finish it now. Now yeah. that I've started, I have to. Well, I mean, I say that, but I fell off the, the X-Files. But it, it was... Well, the first season of the X-Files is tough. I, I think yeah. we should do the the waterline viewing of the first two seasons where what it's we did, did we tng we didn't oh yeah yeah we did do the waterline yeah. viewing with tng i mean yeah. they're both kind of similar because it's mostly episodic with some arc yeah. stuff uh, x files more than tng right. but down. yeah i, I kind of feel like you watch the best stuff and then when you are in love with the show you go back and watch Code of Honor on TNG yeah. or Genderbender on X-Files yeah. or whatever the one... Uh, man, there's some bad episodes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is. But there, that there said, is. it's... You know, my favorite shows of all time are Buffy, Avatar, The Last Airbender, The X-Files, and Star Trek The Next Generation. And they That's all have <laughs> some of the roughest seasons to get through where... It's funny, I wonder if... We're, there will be patience for the kind of first seasons that those shows used to have anymore. Because um, mm. it's, or if we won't know, maybe when people watched the first season of The X Files in 91 or 93, whenever it was, it was good. You know, and then it yeah. just got better. Then the show taught you what good could be. But when you first right. watched that season, and now the we're there's we're in such a golden age um of good stuff that yeah. that things have you know the paradigm has shifted i don't know i don't know see but, i i didn't realize how um bad um buffy season one was until i'd seen the whole show like yeah. when it was airing i thought season one was fine well, granted i was like a 10 11 year old boy but still i thought it was well fine. and we and we acknowledge how relative the term bad is yeah. you know seems uh, i almost yeah. mean it in, and there's still some great stuff in, in respect like to what it turned into even yeah, it's yeah. you know the later seasons are it, so much better it's definitely got the seeds of what it turned turned in into. Like yeah. it's not it's not terrible. Yeah. Angel has a little bit of a gulf from one to two, but it's much less of a gulf than and that's mostly yeah. in the shift from the episodic structure to the arc structure. Yeah. And Angel had the advantage of starting within a well established universe yeah. too. So yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, uh, last week um, I mentioned that uh, we're now working with an extremely talented artist who grace graciously offered their services to help us put together some some merch. Uh, I've got a bit of an update on that. We have received two, well, actually no, three uh, in incredible designs. Uh, the last of which uh, we only received this morning, and I am so yeah. blown away. <laughs> like they're so so much better than i could ever have even hoped for they are oh, in like, yeah fan art's a surreal experience you look is, yeah. amazing i i'm so, pretty so do you. i well the 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 art is fantastic i'm pretty mm. sure i know where she got the pose for what video she got the pose for one of them and it's a yeah, rare so. on-screen moment for me yeah yeah and then yeah, yeah. i and i it was struck a very short one too i, I struck such a goofy face on purpose because i thought it was kind of cute 
Uh, but I still watch it a little bit, and I'm just like, you know, you want to look, you want to look hot, you want to look, you know. But she went with that pose. And I was like, okay, I love it. The art is terrific, but there's a little bit of my reflection, reflexive uh, uh, feelings back about that video I included of myself. It was in the, I think it's from the season two opener of the uh, Buffy episode guide, where I said, "Well, we're back." Um, but anyway, not I. That is. Uh, <laughs> That's on me. That's that, my that's emotional trouble. It is not, a, not criticism a criticism of the art. The art oh. is uh, fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm so excited for you guys to see them and to and to and, and, yes. and to get them on shirts yes. and mugs and whatever you you want them, them yeah. on. I can't wait to have a shirt for myself. I'm yeah. gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be be wearing a shirt with my own face on it. Yes, I've absolutely. I've worn my own merch before and uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but this is way cooler than the thing that I designed. So, um, yeah, we're incredibly wait. honored and grateful. Uh, and yeah, very, very grateful. Very, very, very thank thankful. Uh, we don't know if we can name the the person, uh, but yeah, but we requested a credit, and, and she I th she sent it to us, but I haven't had a chance to take a look at it. We'll show it to you yeah. guys on the video version maybe next time. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, I'm excited. Not, to share not sure exactly so good. when we'll have. God, it's yeah. Just, yeah. No, no idea when when we'll uh, have it up for like and ready to go a bit soon. Yeah. Um, definitely before I take off. Um, but Ian, sir, tell me what what have you been up to? Uh, so I this is the second time that I've had uh, binges interrupt us uh, when it comes <laughs> to a television show I was trying to watch. I right. was trying to go through Buffy and Angel again, which I started a couple of months ago, and I hit the episodes that I've been writing about and stopped because it, I can't just watch the show. I can't just a binge is yeah. like next, next, next. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, Oh, I should have said this about this and that episode guy. Oh, I should make a note in a future script. I keep future scripts for most of the episodes. So when I come up with stuff or I see something, I just drop or I put something in a particular script and I'm like, nah, that'll be better like into the woods has already pages of notes from stuff that um has been going on this season but anyway so my uh rewatch got derailed i think i've given up i don't think i'm going to be able to rewatch buffy and angel until i'm done with the episode <laughs> wow, guides okay. wow which is fine so in like 10 15 years something yeah like that. yeah <laughs> i'm kidding i'm no, sorry i'm, I'm not uh <laughs> So, but I needed um, something to, as background noise, I've been playing a lot of a particular game, and uh, so I started Supernatural again, which I think we talked uh, about a little bit on the, uh, when we were doing the stream for First Impressions. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, the first did. two seasons of Supernatural, they're, they're a weird bag. Um, I, I watched a good chunk of season one and then and then stopped. I, just couldn't I think I'm about halfway through season two, and it's starting to shift into the show that I enjoy. Um, okay. it is a popcorn show. It is a, um, you know, it, 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 it after a certain point, it kind of knows what it is and it's mm -hmm. very comfortable with that. It, the one, it, it also is far, gets to be far more meta, um, and plays with its own form and is self-aware and contain like there's a, uh, one of the actors is, uh, a character from Gilmore Girls and there's a scene where, 
Dean and Sam are taking a Hollywood tour lot and end up on the set of Gilmore Girls. And, uh, you know, I love it. I, I, I think that that stuff is... That's pretty cool, is yeah. great. Yeah, it doesn't... It, it, it has an arc each season. The arcs really mm-hmm. don't carry into each other very much. They're not weighted okay. one versus the other. Um, they're a lot of fun. The Lorg is, is kind of... Um, Constantine take on Catholicism, um, which I enjoy. I think it's good. Um, And the first season, a lot like Buffy, is doing horror. It's a a horror show. And I actually think it's very effective. Yeah, yeah. It takes its horror a lot more seriously than uh, Buffy does. And there are some some episodes and some sequences that are genuinely scary. Like, it's a horror fan. I, I, I liked that. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of problems with the show. This isn't a supernatural review, so I'm not going to uh, <laughs> get into it too much. But nonetheless, once it kind of changes into the main arc of the first two or three seasons, um, which is about Sam and something that may happen to him, um, it gets good, and it's very pacey. The other, the other thing, too, is the quality of the special effects and the editing and the way the horror is um, edited together, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a, uh, it's a little Blumhousey, It's a little okay. um, yeah. music video-ish. I'm pretty sure Mick G, mm-hmm. the showrunner, um, started with music videos. But then again, so did, I don't know why I can't keep his name in my mind, Fight Club uh, director. Dave, David Fincher. Yes, Fincher, David yeah. Fincher started as a music video director. But it's funny, I think mm-hmm. David Fincher, I think there's a famous story about David Fincher and, I, uh, I'm tired, so names, I'm bad with names anyway. Uh, Transformers, <laughs> too, The Rock. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. David, yeah. I believe David Fincher and Michael Bay started in the same production company. They were really? both music video directors. Uh, in the same production company, and they both kind of set out and started making films on their own. Oh, I know Michael Bay has his own production co- company now. I can't really remember they, what it's They worked called. for a, a, an agency that strictly did music videos at first, if I'm remembering okay. this story correctly. But I just love mm-hmm. that connection, that those two guys kind of cut their teeth at the same time, that were... Um, growing as as creators at the same time and both set out you know and michael bay is very michael bay he's very good at what he does i don't dislike michael bay like i i feel like um hating on michael bay has become a meme and look his his films are mostly action schlock but i enjoy a lot of them armageddon is freaking amazing but i would agree that well no i would say that Armageddon is before Michael Bay really became Michael Bay, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. Um, but I like. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think he deserves the hate then that he gets. I think. I think my favorite movie of his was The Rock before, but he didn't do his, himself any favors by making seven oh. Transformers movies no. and stopping uh, making anything no. else. Um, no, and and they're not good. But I do, I do just, it, it, to me, Supernatural is to Buffy what, like, Michael Bay is. Uh, Supernatural <laughs> is the Michael Bay, Bay version that, of, and it's very Michael good, Bay. It's That's a, that's a, that's a good, anal- like, like, analogy, yeah. Yeah, the camera is all, uh, what's that called when the camera uh, fetishizes what it's shooting? Um, ah, 
male eye, male, I can't remember the, the Ma- term. Male gaze? Male gaze. The camera's incredibly yeah. male gazy. I mean, granted, yeah. the two leads are, are hot, hot dudes. Yeah. Uh, that even I'm like, those guys are pretty. But and you the, were saying, uh, saying the other day that everybody on the show is a model. Everyone on the show is a model. And the first season, um, what I found so grating was, it's very, like, there's just a lot of... I, I I told you about uh, I think it's Dean walks up to a, a a model in a bar who's serving, and she says, "Hey, can I help you with something?" And he goes, "God, I hope so." I mean, <laughs> but uh, the, the and she goes, "Ha ha," and I yeah. went, nah. "Yeah, uh, I know." It's, you know, but yeah. eventually they start to um subvert that like the mm-hmm. uh, 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 that was my experience they start to um show they they start uh, they start understanding that that's a joke it i i saw an article about how um supernatural is a strange sort of thing because of like the um uh a lot of the the unchecked misogyny that was in the first season or two and then the show's primary audience like 70 percent of the audience uh by the end of the run were women oh okay. um, i didn't know that yeah and it, i i think it's the, the 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 there's a reason it was on the air 15 years and they say that it's it part of the reason is because they learned to listen to their audience and to yeah. uh adapt and to i mean you don't want your audience to write the stories or construct things for mm. you but um and you want to surprise them right but you know yeah. uh there's also it was a really long running show i was surprised yeah. when yeah. i realized how yeah long it had yeah been it's for. very strange most shows do not last that 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 long even like the really good ones don't last that that long but, but i mean know your audience is a term for yeah. a reason so i originally watched supernatural and it is the perfect just next 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 so i have it on in yeah. the background a lot of times and um, I got to season eleven, uh, and there's they're on the last season, which is fifteen. But I can't remember mm-hmm. anything that happened. The show's just a blur. Um, there's one heavy dramatic moment in the series, and it's what the original arc built to mm-hmm. with Sam and Dean that mm-hmm. sticks out to me in the way. Close your eyes does or would you like me to lie to you now or something like that one mm-hmm. in 11 seasons there's <laughs> lots of good drama there's lots of funny lines there's lots of good entertainment yeah. um uh it is there's nothing wrong with a popcorn show i love a good popcorn show but i'm just saying that it it that stands out to me as kind of yeah i mean maybe, maybe that's just my taste even, that's not a commentary on the show per se even just like i i saw a lot of season one I think all of it even, I'm not sure. But um I besides a couple of beats, I couldn't tell you anything about it because it is very blurry. Like, yeah. like yeah. and I feel like it's you, you spend a lot of time just waiting for something significant to happen with within the arc. Like they spend the well, whole I time mean, search, searching for their dad and he just takes ages to Yeah, show. I get so tired of the the dad stuff in the first season or mm. two. I mean, mm. on the other hand, there's a lot of burly masculine dudes crying they're like oh you're my brother sam yeah that's a good thing that's a good thing yeah. like if you're gonna have this <laughs> did you bang her kind of crap yeah. like 
at least have the dudes crying and hugging each other exactly. afterwards, you know. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't balance it out, but it's something. No, it's like a it's, it's like a carbon it's, tax on douches. It's showing it's showing a positive form of masculinity, I guess. With, 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 yeah. With <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but the uh, the I've been using it for background for Mass Effect Two. And we talked last week, I got a, I picked up a Series X, and I've been loving it, um, with the Xbox Pass. Um, I bought a couple of, uh, Assassin's Creed games. I didn't play Syndicate, and I bought, uh, Odyssey, uh, on sale for Black Friday. Syndicate's so good. Syndicate is one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I may play that next, but anyway, I, um... I've played through the Mass Effect trilogy a couple of times, so I decided to... I was looking at the achievements, and there's one in each for beating the game on Insanity, which is the highest level. And I'm not usually that guy. You know, I'm in it for... I play games to relax. Yeah, yeah. That's why, like, if I if I get stuck on something, I'll try it a few few times, but if I get annoyed, I'll look up a walkthrough. Well, not, and yet, you play Overwatch. And Overwatch yeah. <laughs> is, to me, a similar experience to Mass Effect. Mass Effect at least provides you the frustration, is what I'm talking about. When you right, lose a match okay. in Overwatch, you want to eat the keyboard. That's that's why I stopped playing um, com- competitive, and I only play quick, quick play now, but because competitive made me hate their game. Like, I actually stopped for, for a while. It made me hate it. Yeah. Um, but for, for me, o- Overwatch is very, like... It's kind of like a bubblegum game to me. It, yeah. It's just... Yeah, Mass, Mass Effect at least has, has story. But I, I've run through the trilogy a couple of times in, with all of the DLC. I'm doing a complete DLC uh, run through this time. And uh, the, I just had never played it on Insanity. I figured that would be a way for it to feel new. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So I finished... Um, I finished uh, the second one on Insanity uh, yesterday. And... I wouldn't say it was a pleasant experience. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't play Dark Souls or Sekiro or, or a, any of those. But the, o- the only one of those like hard for the sake of being hard games I'm interested in playing is Cup Cuphead. That's mostly for, uh, the, for art, the, style. the art style. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there were there were parts of the game. You get into a room and you get stuck for three or four deaths and I'm yelling at the screen and I'm frustrated and I'm like, I'm going to turn the level down. I'm going to turn the level. This isn't worth it. I'm not having fun. I'm going to turn the level down. And then I beat it and it's so satisfying. Yeah. So Yes. (laughs) That I didn't, I never turned it down. Um, so it's weird. It's kind of like, I, I don't know, you know, uh, making yourself miserable on purpose because when you finally stop making yourself miserable, it's so satisfying. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's a little confusing. But anyway, uh, 62 of 62 achievements. Again, I don't really, wow, I, I don't usually well done, care about achievements, but I just, me, me I played through this series before. I thought, well, I'll do everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and Mass Effect should not have uh an insanity mode i understand games with tight controls like third person action games that every time you die you go oh i know why it's because i hit the time i got the timing wrong or i didn't do this or i didn't do that that is not what mass effect is mass effect shepherd handles like a bus 
the, the you know with one break and the uh, seven out of the 10 deaths that i had were due to me wanting him to do something and him either not doing it right when I needed him yeah. to do it, hitting the button, or... That's why I struggle with a lot of all, all the games. Yeah, you know? or doing something completely different. Um, a lot of times he would run in the wrong direction. Uh, if you want to vault over a wall, it's A, but it doesn't. it's not responsive, so you have to A, 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 and he crouches and yeah. then uh, goes over the wall. Um, mm -hmm. But I did it. <laughs> you did and, well done, sir. And I'm probably gonna do the third one uh, uh on insanity and and uh um trying and finish off all the achievements there are ally achievements in the first one that are absurd so i'm just not gonna bother okay. with that but yeah. um i may play syndicate or witcher 3 in between uh this and mass effect 3 I've had Witcher 2 and 3 in my Steam li library for a couple of years now, wow. and I haven't touched them. Wait, no, I started playing a bit of 2, but then, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Syndicate, though, dude, I really like that, that that one. I mean, the best Assassin's Creed, of course, is Black Black Flag, Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if they will ever top that. I really want to try the new one, Valhalla, that, that looks amazing. Um, Odyssey looks cool, but Odyssey, they started... Um, it went a little RPG in Origins, and I think that carried over into Odyssey. Like I heard I Odyssey like was when... great, but I never. Yeah. Same, um, but I hate that. Like um, from what what I've seen, especially. Well, I, I know this is definitely in Origins, and I think it's in Odyssey. If like if you attack someone, then the number of health they lose appears over their head, and that breaks the immersion for me. Oh, I interesting. Hate that. And, I, that wouldn't you know, bother me. Ubisoft games are notorious for too much crap on screen all at once. You know, yeah, like the like next <laughs> navigation point or the next thing. So yeah. another thing on screen just wouldn't... Uh, and um, a lot of times when you like your radar goes off or guys get highlighted because, hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, that wouldn't... That would, I get what you're saying, but that wouldn't be a thing for me. And um, Origin for me too, um, when you, like you can't go into certain areas until you're a certain level or else you will get annihilated and the combat is lifted straight out of dark dark souls and i hated that i hated that um mm. assassin's creed their combat is always very fast and fluid whereas this was like block dodge attack you know block dodge attack rinse and repeat and i didn't like that but hopefully val how how is a little better it looks amazing from what i've seen but yes yeah. syndicate's good, i'm gonna so like, i already you know broke i already broke my commitment to not buy a game for this system uh there were <laughs> there was on sale for you know one tenth or whatever it was and i just kind of thought black okay. flight friday yeah um sales i guess are okay yeah you know uh not buying something um whatever but i also have just been really enjoying i have currently i have uh, plugged in a couple of external hard drives to it i have four terabytes of storage uh on it and I've wow. installed a hundred games from the Game Pass. Wow! And so I just hit the surprise me button, and then I get sides Titanfall two at random, which has a wonderful campaign mode. Uh, and I'll play a mission out of that. Then I go back and hit the surprise me button, get a thing at random, and Peggle two, which I've been playing a lot of. Um, so yeah, really enjoying the series X. Uh, the only other thing to mention is I finished the script for the Buffy episode uh, guide for Shadow. 
uh, today. Well done, sir. Well, well done. This, uh, I'm going to record on Wednesday. We'll publish on Friday-ish. Um, I mean, you know, these are always the goals. Ish. Originally, I was yeah. aiming for Wednesday, and I was like, I'm just not going to make that. So, uh, 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 loosened it up for Friday. I think the script is solid. The I'm feeling the effect of big gaps between scripts because I can't remember what I talked about in the last one because I'm doing an Angel Firefly uh, Buffy rotation. So there's yeah. a certain amount of referring back, and I also feel like the Buffy Riley tailspin is happening in slow motion. Because <laughs> yeah, there are that'd be tough. It's they don't break up until what episode nine? Uh, or no, Something ten. Like I think that. Into the Woods is oh uh, five ten, yeah. and um, it's just. I mean, the replacement is episode two or three, and that's the episode where Riley says, "But she doesn't love me," and then it just they don't have a conversation. It just goes on and on. And there's this, this part of the review, but this episode, Shadow, and then the next one is the one with the the grief monster or whatever it was that tries to kill Joyce. You know, the oh, little slug guy? Oh, that creepy thing that come, comes down from space. Uh, from space. Yeah. I, I, I don't like the episode, but I love that deep demon. Yeah, and then Into the Woods crazy. after that. This is... A, this. A, it's basically a trilogy. It's basically a three-part episode because they're all about Joyce being sick and Riley, uh, right. uh, the Riley tailspin. And mm-hmm. they're a dreary three episodes. I mean, just the Joyce stuff is very heavy and uh, the the Riley stuff is a car crash that we've been watching happen since... The second episode, um, there's not a lot of fun in the whole thing. And I've been trying to think about what's the difference between this and season six? That is the criticism that people levy at season six <laughs> all the time. Yeah, but I love I love season six. Um, but so, so that's the thing, though. For me, I don't love Buffy because it's a fun show. That's that's. I mean, it can be, yeah, be that's fun, fair. that's entertaining, but yeah. my, my love of it isn't in the fun of it it's, well, it's in the the pain of it really. even then just i mean i love yeah i'm make me cry please make yeah. me cry that's yes. that's what i'm in yes. it for hurt me baby Absolutely. hurt me so good but the yes. uh um but even then just eliminating that from the conversation i don't know why this three episode run and season six well i do this three episode run is about riley mm-hmm. it's dreary uh, riley stuff Right, and he's so mopey and whiny, and I just want to headbutt him and be, be like, "Dude, this is not how you conduct yourself in a relationship. Yeah. Stop it! Stop it! Go to your room, and think about what you, you've done." And then he does. Uh, <laughs> and season six is it, uh, threads through Buffy, and it's the existential crisis, and it's sort of finding her way out of it, and all of that, and and. It's much more... I, I, the thing is, though, I, I was going to say it's more relatable. I totally relate to the Riley arc in this season. I just don't find him that interesting. But I, I the the emotional... T- like, he's lost his job. He has mm-hmm. no identity. His uh, The army told him who he was. I am how they trained mm-hmm. me. And all of that's gone. So he's put all of his identity, his validation into the hands of Buffy. 
you know, she is the one. She, uh, uh, so what, you're what? The mission's boyfriend? Uh, says Graham to him at some point in the season. And you just, and I've done that at different points in my life where I, mm. I didn't Same. know who I was. I didn't know uh, my worth. I didn't know my value. I didn't have a direction. Yeah. But I had a relationship, yeah. and that relationship yeah. became the only thing that was keeping me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can't you can't put your own ha- happiness in the hands of another per- person. It's not their responsibility. Right. They're they've got to keep themselves happy. They've you know, and that's kind of what happens is Joyce gets sick and Buffy needs to be there for her family and Buffy needs to deal with her own feelings about it, leaving Riley kind mm-hmm. of out in the cold. Um yeah. and making her his uh, her mother's illness about him and yeah, all right. of that until the end. And boy, does Into the Woods not put a good bow on any of this. But I do love... I, I do find the the descent very human and relatable. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what Mutant I, Enemy was so great at. I've, I've, I've talked a lot recently about how I'm starting to feel for Riley more than I have in the past um, it's good stuff he's not good I, stuff but the, the no. his plights are and we're not talking about and mark blucas i think mark does no. a, actually does a wonderful yeah. job i just yeah. think oh yeah Riley's especially with the downfall character. of riley yeah. yeah um but look as human as as buffy's actions and reactions to everything are i think riley's a very human as well and that's where i feel full for him a little yeah. bit it's not yeah. it's not healthy but it's very human yeah um, yeah well and that's kind of the what i love about season six like if you're a spuffy shipper or if you're a banjal shipper spuffy shipper here. yeah <laughs> you're you're not actually pro those relationships no. like you're, you're not saying that a, a teenager and a 200 year old vampire with a curse soul you're not saying that should be real life or that's what should happen it's like the emotional beats the hmm. the connection the that you felt the chemistry you loved that spike yeah. and buffy were toxic that was the whole point hmm. was yeah she couldn't feel anything, but the spike was a form of masochism for her. She could feel mm. something with but, him. Even if it was terrible, it was better to feel something. I would say, though, post-season season six, they have a much uh, Post-season six is a different story. Yes, I yeah. love his talk in season seven is one of my favorite little monologues yeah. about love at all. Yeah. But same, season same. six, nonetheless, that might have been the nature of the relationship. Spike and Buffy... Say what? Um, I would just say that um, in season six, they have a very toxic uh, codependent relationship, I would say. Yeah, but none of that changes the fact that James Marsters has a smolder that could melt an iceberg. Yeah. And there's some scenes that are <laughs> and their fucking chemistry, hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> their chemistry was spectacular. And there are Absolutely. that is as sexy as the show... They bring a house down. Yes, like with that, their, that was by just banging. About to say they bang that. a house into the ground. That is hot. Yeah. And and that bal- balcony scene. I'm sorry, but that. Whew. Yeah, yeah. It's complicated. There's that's a complicated it, scene. It's and complicated, yet, but, you know, yeah. I think that's the that's the thing that we we don't talk about necessarily is if you're pro those relationships, if you're a fan of those relationships, you're not a fan of 
toxic codependency and torturing each other and or um any of that stuff you know like this is a fantasy world you know these things are not real you know and we get into that conversation when we talk about racist tropes or misogynist tropes or whatever because that's part of culture criticism and having a conversation about the place that the show has in culture but in terms of being a fan of something and being in something it's like i think that's not uh, we get a little too carried away with well but you know spike did this it's like no it's a fantasy show like you're you're not a fan of assault you're not a fan of whatever it's it's like the 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 emotional beats of the story the chemistry beats of the story whatever they hooked you they were that was a part of the journey that you really enjoyed um so anyway i I don't know why i got on that kick but But, i mean i i think i was thinking about it i think i was thinking about it because people are so anti-riley and one of the defenses that i've heard for him is like he never murdered her teacher. He never tried to rape her. He never did Riley's this. He's not never a did bad that. dude at all. He's, he's not a bad dude. Secure, but he's not a bad dude. Yeah, he's but not. you're not pro-rape if you're no. in favor of Spike and but if you're a Spuffy shipper, like that's no. that's not what being no. a shipper for those relationships is. You know, the high points in the Banjal arc and the high points in the Spuffy arc mm. were mm. magnificent. Um. What was the high point of Riley and Buffy? When they banged in in a bed for hours and hours while... In where the wild things are? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Honestly, the the most emotionally affecting scene that comes from that is, but but she doesn't love love me. That's right. They're they're kind of... uh, They're kind of... they don't really have any cute there's, moments. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's not a lot of drama. There's not a lot. I mean, oh. and that's something that Dawn says to him in uh, that episode. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just something I, something I was thinking about is, is like, to yeah. be a shipper of a particular relationship is, is you know, you, you can say, I ship it because I love the juicy drama. Not because I want to those things to happen to real people <laughs> of course not yeah of course not. it's not even, even even a question anyway i'm just ready this i'm not looking forward to this next uh three episode trilogy um and so tomorrow i'm gonna work on the script for the shroud of ramon and then wednesday mm-hmm. i am recording and then uh hopefully have the video up by friday um and then because I'll be a, a little bit ahead on the Shroud of Ramon, hopefully, you know, hopefully. It's all experimentation, you know. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, moving on to moving our on. segment. Yes. Uh, um, what are we doing now, sir? So, uh, we asked you the last time. Um, we had an off week the last week. I thought that was mm-hmm. a fun experiment. I like doing yeah. a little experimental. Same. Um Whatever, and I think, like I said, I think I'm going to turn that little bit that I wrote into an actual video on the channel at some point. Yeah, I need to do yeah, more live yeah. action stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, don't do a lot of that. I don't do a lot of on camera, but I want to go. Uh, um, that was how I started. Mm. <laughs> was with 
live action stuff and yeah. storyboarding and and figuring all Always of that. I remember out. seeing you in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Richard yeah. III monologue. But it was fun. Yeah. Like it, it's fun to. I really like that. Those little projects are fun to experiment with. I have a house full of servants that I can use to help me film stuff and to hold microphones and lights. The kids would love to <laughs> yeah, uh, to do that kind of, of thing. That. I just need to, you know, it, it's a pandemic year. It's a, I, I think that that, I, I don't think we, I quit drinking this year, um, you know, new relationship this year. A lot has happened this year. Um, it's been a hell of a year. It's been quite a year. And, mm. um, you know, I'm just done feeling guilty or sh- ashamed or whatever. Um, so, anyway. All of that aside, our next <laughs> segment <laughs> is... Um, uh, we asked you two times ago to... Uh, we're, uh, we're going to do some top fives for the next three mm-hmm. episodes. Um, we don't have a ton of them, but um, no. uh, today's top five was top five movies that you saw this year. Yes. Not movies that were made this year, movies you saw this year. Saw this year, yes. And we yes. decided to add a uh, bottom three uh, mm-hmm. that we're going to do as yes. well. Uh, we're going to go from five to one. So, Jack, and we neither and, of us... And we don't actually... We're both pretty sure yeah. what each other's number one is, but we don't know yeah. what the rest Other of them are. Other than that, we have no idea. We're, we're, we're working off of uh, separate separate scripts here. But, yeah. uh, Ian... Oh, and we saw thir- about 35 movies this year from yeah, uh, The List yeah, of Shame. Yeah. I was shocked because it did look like it like a lot, but then Ian, Ian was like, dude, it's been like 30 films. I'm like, oh, yeah, true. It's a lot, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Ian... Number five... My fifth uh, favorite film that I've seen this year is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> no, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay? Just hear me out. Okay, from 1978, directed by John DeBello, on a budget of $90,000. Only $90,000. That's not a lot of money. But here's the thing, okay, Ian? Here's the thing. Don't look at me like that, okay? I'm, I'm not okay? looking at you. I can't look at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not a good film. It's it's really not. Oh, no, I, it's I, not. I'm, I'm not trying to argue that it's a good film, but part of my criteria for selecting my my list that I had for myself um, was how much I enjoyed watching these films. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure you will remember, Ian, that I sat there laughing like a madman for, for most of it. I, yeah, how much of that I, was how torturous I found the experience. <laughs> I mean, that was a big part of it, but I... It's so... Uh, you know, it, it's a spoof film, and it's in the same vein as, like, Airplane or Na- Na- Naked Gun, or more recently, um, the Scary Movie uh, fran- franchise. Um... And, and look, no, it's not a good film, but I will argue until I am blue in the face that it is not meant to be good. It knows exactly what it is, and it is not trying to be anything else. And I can't help but respect it for, for that reason. Um, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, it's poorly made, and it's aged terribly, but I freaking love it. And that's everything you loved about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's why and- I hated it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> And I can't wait until we get to the sequels because I know I put them on the uh, list. Oh, it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> Good thing we have a veto rule. 
Uh, my Ian, number what? Num- number five. Oh yes, my number oh, five yeah. uh, was Book Smart. Oh, nice. nice. Um, like now I'm gonna be uh, honest. The from the 35, I actually struggled to come up with a um, uh, the complete list. Like this is a weird list for me because yeah. some of the movies on this list I probably won't watch again. Actually, there's a couple I know yeah. I definitely won't watch again. Um, because it was a strange year for movies. We didn't see a lot of... There's just nothing in the theaters uh, at a no. certain point. And our the way we watched stuff this year was deliberately designed to broaden our palette and try many different things that we sometimes... That we may not go back and try. Um, Absolutely. But Book, Booksmart was very interesting. So Booksmart is... A high school, I would hesitate to use the word gross out. There is gross out humor in it. But it's a high school gross out uh, movie in which the two protagonists are women, which is yep. somewhat unusual yep. within that genre. And it's uh, Olivia Wilde's di- directorial date. Yeah, dire- directed by Olivia Wilde. And the um, I loved the two uh, actresses, uh, Caitlin Deaver. And uh, Beanie Fenderson, Caitlin was um, a character that I loved on uh, Justified. She was um, uh, uh, on Justified. So the show is just sort of a high school hijinks in a single evening. This is our last night as seniors. What are we going to do? um, Goes to multiple parties. Is yeah, it's it's all of those things. It's something you've seen a million times. It's just generally not with two. Women as yeah. the protagonists, and, that's and what that was made enough. It feel like fresh. That yeah. was enough to make it feel uh, different. Absolutely. The things they talked about felt different. They were from a different perspective. Um, it was the same genre. It was the same um, kind of material. But it just goes to show you that when you alter or represent the experience differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it 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 it's a different experience, and I really yeah. enjoyed that. And I I you yeah. know, um, and it was very charming too. It was like very it, 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 yeah. le- it, it leaves you with a good feeling at the end. Well, there were there were enough. There were there were a couple of sequences that made me feel sort of delightfully old. <laughs> uh, you know, there was stuff about <laughs> pronouns and um, <laughs> trying to figure out if a person dates uh, men or women. Uh, all of that that for me when I was in high school was kind of, was an unfamiliar unusual experience so I really enjoyed that I enjoyed um, feeling out you know feeling out of place and sort of seeing all of that kind of normalized and just seeing it in function for these characters and what their characters lives are like um, mm-hmm. being a teenager in culture today um, I really enjoyed that I thought that was that was great so, yeah. um, book smart, a definite recommendation yeah, on that one. Number four on my list. Now, here, there's a there's a trend among a couple of these, which <laughs> okay. is that uh, uh, I found the watching experience of some of these grueling. Yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah. For different reasons, um, yeah. uh, and and this 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 may have been one of them. I'd never seen the rocky horror picture show before <laughs> but okay. 
and and I'm not into musicals particularly. I'm not I'm not anti-musical. It's just not a genre I'm not for into me. The main I'm not into schlock. I'm not into horror. I'm not into mm-hmm. camp. And this was all those things. <laughs> it was all of the, yeah, all of it. And I, I really didn't like any of that. But Tim Curry. Oh my God! Like, I have never if anyone seen could a performance. Make me question my heterosexuality. <laughs> yeah. It's him, Jesus. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have never seen a performance quite like that with as he, much he threw himself into it like yeah just with reckless abandon he just went for it yeah and i mean we're talking about a movie that was made in 1975 so it's it's strange being hyperbolic about something so ubiquitous for a lot for yeah. many people out there and i get it but i'm new uh, i'm new to the new to the party and uh he absolutely is stunning i mean just blows my mind Hit the choreography the physical movement how he yeah. physically embodies the yeah. character, yeah. the confidence. He sold it completely. Yeah, completely. It's, it's every single second of the movie that he's on screen, it's utterly captivating. And then the rest of the time, I was struggling. But he, he, he made up for it. I didn't think that was, that was going to be on your, your list. I'm really so surprised. I, like, I mean, it, really, when, Tim Curry's on my the, list. When when the credits rolled, you sat there silent for like a solid three minutes while I was just laughing and just and, and I was like, Ian, say something. What's wrong? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, you I was. Just, it was. It is a. You, you were stunned almost. It is a a an overwhelming experience. Uh, hmm. It is hyper stimulation, yeah. uh, visually and and all of that. So and I disliked so much of it because it's just not. In my, you know, it's I, not where, where my my heart lies, but he was so good. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it as like a love letter to the B movie horror genre. Like I, I enjoyed that, but not much else. I'm not, no. not, not, not into musicals. And oh, and of course, Tim Tim Curry. I well, yeah, that's a given. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your number four? Number four for me is Wild Stra- Strawberries. Um, this one really su- surprised me. Um, we, we haven't really had a lot of luck with the classic films. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think that the the experience we're all kind of looking, or we're sort of looking for with the, the films is like, I loved that as much as I've loved anything I've seen in the last 10 years. Hmm. Um, and I think Wild Strawberries is the closest we got. Yeah, very, very much so. Everything else that we've seen that's like "quote unquote" classic is hasn't been nearly as good. Um, and I feel as though, like I, I say this a lot, but I feel as though storytelling and filmmaking has been um, improved so so much since since that era that maybe um, a lot of those films just aren't as uh, di- digestible as they might have been when, when they first came came out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this might be the only cl- classic film that we've watched so far that I've genuinely enjoyed, like like absolutely loved. Yeah. I, there, there are some that, that I haven't ha- hated, but I really loved this. Um, yeah, there's um, a, there's 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 um, there's many that we've appreciated mm, um, yeah. for, for the benefit of the education or because yeah. you don't see a lot of things like that or whatever. But that crossing that line from appreciation to... I think yeah. I'm gonna watch that again. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. that. 
Um, I was entranced from the very first scene too. Like from from the get get go, it sucked me in. It's pretty um, mes- mesmerizing. But yeah, um, conceptually, it has this very like surrealist art house sort of uh, vibe. That um, yeah, no, that it's it's been done done a lot now. But I think back then it was pretty re- revolutionary. Had hadn't been done a hell of a lot. Um, at, at least not on a a, a large scale. But um. So, yeah, uh, the story. yeah, it's uh, from uh, director Ingmar Bergman. It was the first movie oh, that yeah. I'd seen of his. Um, and yeah, it's sorry, about I forgot to mention that. An, uh, an older man kind of taking a tour of his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the story itself is also very uh, t- touching and it uses uh, flashbacks and nightmares and day- daydreams to show this elderly man coming to coming to, to terms with his his regrets, I, I guess you, you could say. And yeah. Trying, trying to sort of figure out how how to accept them. Um, it kind of remind me of um, a Christmas Carol. Um, There's a little bit of that, especially the whimsy. Yeah. It's very whimsical, um, and I yeah. I've realized late in life how much I love whimsy. I think it's one of the reasons right. why I enjoy amends. It's very whimsical. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it ended up being. I mean, at least for for me, it ended up being what I had hoped Citizen Kane was going to be. Uh, I went into Citizen Kane like I really wanted to like it, and, yeah. and I thought I was going going to. I really did, but um, in in the end, I just yeah, it it, it didn't do it for for, for me. Um, but yeah, uh, and my number three is Gone Girl. Okay. Uh, Watch that last Friday, it. yeah. Yeah, uh, I love this film a hell of a lot. Um, every time I see a David fin- Fincher film, I'm reminded of how much I love his, his style. Um, his overall execution, shall we, we say, is very elegant and artsy, and this film is no exception. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, we were talking after, uh, after the film, in, and we both agreed that uh, in someone else's hands, this could have been very uh, pedestrian. Well, same, it, same it, it reminded me of The Shining. Um, I've watched, mm. in that, I've watched The Shining a number of times, and it took me, uh, it, it didn't occur to me for a long time. The Shining is a relatively pedestrian haunted house mm. film. Mm-hmm. The house is haunted, and one of the, the the patriarch of the family goes crazy, and they they escape. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the plot of The Shining, done by one of the greatest American directors in history, right. um, who elevates it to um, a classic that transcends the horror genre. Right. Um, yeah. And I, uh, Gone Girl's not The Shining. It's not in that. No, realm no, no, no. um no, 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 but close. the more i thought about it the more i thought this is just great david fincher and i kind of yeah. feel like a an yeah, okay yeah. You hitchcock yeah plot. you weren't sure if you liked it or if you just liked it, david fincher right that's what you yeah said. and i i think yeah. that ultimately those when you're talking about the thing that they made it ends up being the same mm. thing um, so I, I settled it on, I wasn't, it took me a day or two to decide if I enjoyed the movie uh, yeah. or liked it. I think I liked it, yeah. Yeah. but, see, um, I don't see those two things as distinguished from, from me, from each other, like a director's style in the film. I, right. I see them as yeah. one big piece yeah. myself. Um, but it's, it's, but it's yeah, very it's, Hitchcock. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very psychological piece and it has a few twists and turns and whatnot. A, and, yeah. 
It's and like you know, some, sleazy vertigo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some sometimes twists can be kind of pretentious and heavy-handed, but I didn't get that from this. I, I didn't feel like they were Which twist? Or, I mean, all of them. That That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, it's a movie, too, that uh, you get about halfway through, and you think it's about one thing. Yeah. And, the, and I guessed well, the twist that was coming, and then there's yeah. another, and then there's another. Yeah. And, like, the first twist that happens, it was, like, there was still, like, an hour of the film left. I'm like, well, this can't be the yeah. final twist because there's, there's too long to uh, go. Yeah. But um, I will say that the ending kind of lets it down a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, we, we, we won't go go into spoilers, but we did have, have a discussion about that. But, yeah, look, I, I loved this. Um, but in saying that, I might just be a David Fincher fanboy. I don't know. As we <laughs> said, it's, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian, what about your uh, num- number three, sir? My number three, another movie I found incredibly grueling mm-hmm. and ultimately went, I think I really love that, was yeah. Midsummer. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, Midsummer um, horror movie directed by Ari... Aster. Ari Aster, starring uh, Florence Pugh... Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper, which I was delighted was to see. Amazing. I love Chidi. Yeah. Um, woman's going through a tough relationship with her boyfriend. Uh, her family dies in a murder-suicide type of deal. That's a spoiler from the first five minutes. I apologize for that. Yeah. Um, and to kind of get away, she, her boyfriend and his friends go to a Swedish kind of midsummer fe- festival. And dark stuff starts yeah. to happen. Yes. yes. Uh, this is a we so um the movie it took me a while to kind of grok to what I felt like the movie was doing. Okay. And there's a leap and I think we've talked did we talk about it on the podcast? Um I don't remember. I feel like we chat me might have chatted about it two times ago, so I won't go too deep on it. But um, yeah, I started watching this thinking it was a conventional narrative horror film. Same, same. And the, and, and for yeah. a good hour, the movie's two and a half hours long. For a good hour and a half, it is conventional. It feels yes. you think it's going to be conventional. Then there's yeah. a major event that occurs mm-hmm. in the movie. Yes. A <laughs> disgusting Oh, it's full on. Like gruesome. It even made me wince and I don't wince. Yeah, and then I watched through the cracks in my fingers. Uh and then you're you have to make a decision if you're either with the movie or you're not from that point right. uh on. Yeah. And it took me a little while to make that that decision. But once I, I made that decision, I started having a lot of fun. The movie is a, to the point where you get to the end of the movie and it has reached absurd it's, levels it's, of... It's batshit crazy. It's bonkers. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. There's a lot of drugs in the movie. It's not... It, it, I wouldn't say it's surreal, but um, it, 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 doesn't go surre- it doesn't go surrealist in terms of like mm. completely departing from what it's trying to say it's not it doesn't go to the abstract is what i'm trying no. to say it doesn't go abstract but it has elements but, of it, it, but, do, but not completely. it so embraces what the whole thing is a metaphor for yeah yeah 
to yeah. such a ridiculous degree yeah. that I kind of loved what it. What it was trying to say, you, you, you got into it. Yeah. Once I, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a, um, I mean, the whole thing is a, uh, becomes a kind of a breakup metaphor. And mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. uh, and yes, for how you do that and sort of what you you've created, but it it's doing it with these g- g- weird nude scenes and these drug trips and and all of that, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 climax of the movie is just bonkers, and there's lots of triangles on screen, there's lots of vaginal symbols, <laughs> and uh, like oh, that's that weird sex scene. There's a bizarre sex, yeah. but. But the 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 there's there's a scene where where people are surrounded by women and the women are all duplicating the emotion to what the main character is, uh, either moaning or crying or whatever. Yeah. And I kind of went, oh, it's empathy! It's empathy! It's yeah. like what you need in this particular situation. And like ah, ah. but it's it's ridiculous if you it's all yeah. if you're. Uh, perceiving it literally if you're watching it as a literal kind of thing it it it, it's i don't know i didn't so i don't know what that experience is like but once i kind of just dove into the big old brush strokes of what he was doing i had a great time and i will never watch the movie ever again (laughs) i i need to watch it again because i still don't know how how i feel about it i have no idea um I appreciate. I, I love the artistry of it. A lot of love, love and care went into it, and I think I, I've I already said that when we spoke about it last. But um, it's just so like it. It. I had certain expectations going in. I I I, I was yeah. expecting more of a. I was expect. I was expecting some something artsy, but something that was more like. Get out. Me, like, yeah, kind of, and like. It is a horror, but it's not a straight-up horror. It There's... becomes something different uh, yeah, at some yeah. point. And that's probably why I was able to enjoy it as much as I did, because I'm just not a fan and, of the genre. And that's probably why I was kind of like... I sat there silently afterwards, you know, like, Jack, say something. <laughs> um, and, so look, I, I need to watch again, and I will. Um, but I don't get me wrong, I didn't ha- hate it. I'm just not sure if I loved it. Or if I just thought it was okay. Yeah, I, I and I was laughing and applaud. Like, here's the thing: at the end of the movie, I was laughing, but I th- my yes, I think yes. that the movie it, it's partially the the party of people that we watched it with too. We have a friend in the the group who was unable to watch it, and so yeah. I was narrating what was on screen <laughs> as we were yeah. watching it, and the narration kind of like if you have to explain what's going on on screen, the absurdity yeah. really gets distilled. Where, you know, uh, uh, what you watch, so we all started laughing. But I think the movie, given especially the expression of a particular character in the final uh, little bit, I think the movie is knows what it is. I think the movie uh, uh, is not... It's not accidentally and, funny. It's uh, operatically it totally funny. Committed to what it was doing. Yeah, too. man, and it was. It, it went balls to the wall. Yeah, went right right in, into it, and I appreciate that man. as well. Yeah, it is. I I cannot recommend anyone watch it if 
you can't stomach the violence because oh, it, it's it is gory. it's gory and it lets it hang on screen. Oh, it lets it hang very very much. So it's not quick. It's 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 grueling in that red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do I go number two now? I've lost track of what's going on. I think I'm next. All right, number two. Um, I don't okay. have the script up. Oh no, I was supposed to go, but that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. You, no. Oh, well, my number two is wild strawberries. So nice and easy. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, again, it's kind of the experience that we entered into this hoping to have. Now, uh, this has been uh, the 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 list of shame project, and I'm looking forward to. I'm more sure about doing this and continuing to do this than I have ever been because I I mm-hmm. um, you know we we the. Uh, we, we now understand certain references. There's like these things exist yeah. in art all over the place. I think that yeah. there's something very important about um, broadening the palette. Um, it's very much doing what we intended it to uh, do. Yeah. And there are yeah. artists that I, like I that. deeply respect that cherish these movies. And it's mm. difficult as a fan or, or as... Um, as someone who wants to make their own things too, or, or any of that, to watch one of these, the red shoes, for example, um, and to just not have it land. Um, and I don't know if that's a lack of context or education or whatever it is, because I do go out of my way to read about these things. And uh, But you're wanting to have that experience of... Yeah, of course. Meaningfully co- connecting to the material. Emotionally... Mm-hmm experiencing emotional resonance with what is happening on screen. And in terms of anything yeah. we watched pre 1975, uh, the only one that that happened for me with was wild strawberries. Same, same. Yeah. Uh, number two. Yeah, um, okay. Number two. So I struggled with, with, uh, my, my number two at first I was going to, uh, make my number two was going to be book book smart, but I thought about it a little more and decided that my number two is actually Knives Out. Um, yeah, Knives Out was great. But the simple fact that, like, it's... Now, look, I'm typically not a fan of the murder mystery uh, story, um, and that's ve- very much what this was. But this was done in such a way that took that... I don't know if you would call it a trope. That formula and spun it on its head. Um, yeah, I would distinguish it, murder mystery from a whodunit. Who done it is yeah, sort of the right. um, high energy, not vaudeville, but yeah. uh, uh, yeah, a version of it. It's not a mystery. It's a yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, but this was done in such a uh, an interesting and entertaining and intelligent way. Um, and because of that, I couldn't help but I love it, even though it's typically like there were elements of it that were, that were very much in my wheel wheelhouse but for the most part the the whodunit murder mystery thing just isn't um but yeah I, I i haven't seen that done this way before and i can't go into too much de- detail because we've agreed to to avoid spoilers but yeah. it has a lot of twists and, and and turns and it keeps you guessing until the very end which i liked um I think I'm a um, Ryan Johnson fan. I, I've, oh yeah, it was Ryan Johnson. Sorry, I, I, I didn't love The Last Jedi, um, no. but I think that was partly due to the... I, well, Star Wars has been dead for 
to me since the prequels. Um, yeah, but the, and it I've had, just never been a massive Star Wars fan in general. So. Someone who works and lives online all the time, it was very hard for me to avoid the online conversation. Yeah, and the discourse that surrounding that film got exhausting. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I there was no way for me to watch Last Jedi with an open mind one way or another. I, I But I also just don't enjoy Star Wars, but... The only movie of his that I haven't seen, I think, is The Brothers Bloom, um, which is a caper film with uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, and two other actors I can't remember the name of. But um, he made... I I really enjoyed Brick. Of course, he made Looper. And... um, Oh, yeah, Looper was good. Yeah, Looper was good. It's a movie that... The more I go back to, the more I'm like, I I shouldn't go back to this. It's kind of like Christopher Nolan's movies. Okay. Where I love the first experience, and the second time I'm like, oh, that was that was good, and then the third time I'm like, I, I need to stop watching this because like I don't <laughs> want to notice. I want to notice more things I love, like what's happening yeah. for me when I revisit mutant enemy stuff. Right. Um, but when I go back to those films, I start seeing um, mm-hmm. nitpicks. I don't want to nitpick. Right. I'm not interested right. in nitpicking, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that that was happening to me with Looper, but. Mm. Um, yeah, Knives Out. I've watched it a couple yeah. of times now, and it it's actually gotten better. It's really good. Yeah, and I love the uh, cast. They're they're all brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, uh, the what's her name? She plays the the main uh, lady, um, Marta something. Oh, I forget her name. I should have written it down. I apologize. She was brilliant. Um, and seeing like my Anna de Armas. Here, but that's it. Yeah. Anna de Armas. I think she plays a character called called Marta. Yes, she does. Um, yeah, um, but uh, seeing Chris Evans play a douchebag was very. It was such a wonderful uh, yeah. second film Departure. to Endgame, you know, yeah. to follow Endgame yeah. and him playing Cap Steve Rogers with yeah, like that essential good good guy. Yeah, 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 I loved it, and he plays it so well too. Yeah, he's. So he's I'm a fan. I'm a yeah. yeah, yeah. The, yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah. You could say he was America's ass. <laughs> Whole America's uh, ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my number one film, though. My number one very, film, though. This was very, very easy. This very, easy. very easy. I had to look uh, up to make it. There's a couple of movies that we saw this year that I had seen the year previously. Knives Out, for instance, I saw last year, which is why it wasn't on my um, right. top five. I, I, I went to double check. Uh, when I saw this film, I saw this film in January of this year. Okay. So, <laughs> so it it counts. It's under the line. Number one film of the year yeah. by unanimous it decision. Uh, Doctor Sleep. Director's um, cut sure. version specifically. Director's, director's cut because there is an extra like 26 minutes of uh, uh, scenes. I yeah, and, and so, a couple yeah. of my favorite scenes in the film, including a scene that takes place at a particular bar... Uh, uh, yes, are yes. only in the director's cut. I was shocked when I I heard yeah. that that was not in that version. It, if you are gonna watch it, find the director's cut. It's very very good. Um, uh, I I didn't write down the uh, the director. I apologize, but uh, um, I have it. He did the haunting of something manor, oh, the first okay. one, haunting yeah. of Hill House. Uh, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. That's uh, it. That, also that, did that's the screenplay. 
And um, a lot of the a lot of the um, ghostly effects are very um, rem reminiscent of uh, Haunt Haunting of Hill House. But uh, yeah, this is now one of my favorite film films of all time, and it's an easy ten out of ten for me. And I don't give that that rating a lot, but this was flawless, perfect for me. Um, for the un for the uninitiated, it's based off a Stephen King book and, and serves as a sequel to The The Shining. And speaking of the, the Shining, we sort of touched on it a bit be before. Um, I know that as a horror fan, it's blasphemous to say this, but uh, as much as I appreciate the artistry of, of it, it's kind of boring and slow. It 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 just is. It's a lot of Jack Nich Nicholson staring out windows and looking crazy. Um, I, well, the, I wish it did more to I, I convey don't, the, the madness. I don't know that dread ages well. I, I think right. that I, I think that dread might have uh, might not it, you know th that's not a rechargeable battery. Once that's used no. up, it's done. And that right, movie yeah. is an exercise at building dread and tension that I yeah. think works the first couple of times wonderfully. Mm. And then if you're not yeah. um, a big movie nerd, which I am not, yeah. uh, it it you kind of know what's going to happen and where it's going. And it's, it just is, is like, okay. So, you know, I mean, from, from what I understand though, the pacing was very intentional. It was to, um, convey like the setting and the isolation of the whole sure. thing. And I get that yeah. dread and but tension, but I just, but not a lot know. happens. Yeah. Not a lot happens and yeah. until the end really. But, um, yeah, one of the things I love about Doctor Sleep, though, is that retroactively it makes me like The, the Shining more when I connect me too. to The Shining. Um, and yeah, we, we watched the uh, direct director's cut, as we said, which is uh, just under th three hours. And typically a film that runs that, that long begins to, to, to drag and feels like its length. Yeah. But this one didn't. This feels it's, like it's, 90 it's, minutes to me. So the, the pacing is perfect. A little bit of context. It is the sequel to The Shining. Um, and it's about Danny Torrance, who was the little kid yes. who had the the, yes, the uh, ability in the first one. Um, yes. As an adult, yes. dealing yes. with yes. what that trauma uh, would do to a human being uh, right. as an adult. Yeah. And how he deals with his abilities yeah. that he does not want. Um yeah. And uh, we, uh, it's you, Ewan McGregor is Danny. Yeah, um, Ewan McGregor, and um, uh, with a terrific villain, uh, completely unexpected. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson yeah. plays Rose yes, the Hat. Rose the Hat, and one of the best villains I've ever seen. Yeah. She's hands down amazing. And then we got uh, Ky Kylie Curran as a Abra, who I absolutely yeah, adore the, as well. Yeah, the young woman. Yeah, um, absolutely loved it. Yep, yeah, I agree. Big rec big recommendation. Um, I think we spent uh, a lot of time talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I will just say though, uh, I'll finish off by saying that um, it's it's a really interesting blend of genres. Um, and at its core, it is a horror film, but there's more more to it than than that. Um, I don't know if I can say it transcends the genre, but it has all these other elements that make it work like really well. To, to it together. feels more like the tone of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows yeah, to me than it, really it does, does any horror movie. It, you know, it's it feels like it feels dark like an adventure. It feels it's I, I I would say it's dark fantasy. Um, yeah, 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 that's a good way of put, putting it. Um, yeah, I, I've seen it three times this year now, and I just I I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, terrific. And 
Yeah, so it was your 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 number one as well. You know? Yep. Yep. All right, bud. <laughs> bottom three. Okay. Shall, shall I go first or you? Sure, go or ahead. You go first. No, no, no you go oh, first. Me? No, you, okay. you go first. Number three, Citizen Kane. Okay. Uh. So. <laughs> Even though I didn't now, hate it. Again, clarity. Uh, these are not our bottom three movies ever. These are the bottom three least favorite movies that we watched that this watched. year. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. We watched a ton of important, spectacular Absolutely. movies. So we, like, we're like we owning that this is like incredibly subjective and personal yes. to so, the yeah. way we reacted to those, kind of, those movies yeah. that we'd never yeah. seen before. And if you liked Citizen Kane, that's fine. I'm happy for you. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, genuinely yeah. Happy I for wish you. that I um, had. I always say that about yeah. episodes. I wish that I yeah. had. Yeah. But if, even though I didn't hate it, I'm putting it on the list here because it, it, it disappointed me, man. Like, yeah. I, as I said before, I went into it really wanting to, to love it and I really thought that then I would. But it ended up just falling short, I guess. Um, I very much appreciate it for the impact and the influence that, that it ha- had on film. And for the most part, I do think that it deserves its place in cinematic his- history. But it just ended up feeling kind of empty to me, and I just wish it had had more. Yeah. It's beautifully composed. I mean, it's a... Very much so. Yeah. It, it, I, I kept saying when we were watching it, it reminded me of a graphic novel. The yeah. way shots were framed and the way everything was laid out yeah. was, was wonderful. Yeah. It's just and the substance of, people, of the story. It was like yeah. a prequel to A Christmas yeah. Carol. Who wants to see the <laughs> yeah. guy become a jerk? That's not a <laughs> yeah. good story. And like a lot of people can consider it, like film nerds consider it to be the, the invention of cinematography as an art form. And I can see that. I can very much see sure. seeing that in it. But yeah, it, it just wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to, to like it so much more than, than I did. But Ian, what, what, what about you? No, number three. See, this is the thing, right? Is Okay. Uh, I'm not pretentious. Am I pretentious? Maybe I'm pretentious. I'm no. sometimes... We're all pretentious sometimes. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're nerds, so... I, I'm not pr- particularly snobby, but the, the territory. there is a part of me... Uh, that wants to... to I, uh, To read war and peace and be like mm, the, the drama of it that was so meaningful yeah. there is definitely a part of me so I feel like the bottom three list for me is a little embarrassing because like I want to have I know that this movie is one of Martin Scorsese's favorite movies we watched a remaster oh. of it and he's listed in the credits you know and 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 I want to have that experience that they do. Not because I want to be Martin Scorsese, but because I admire the work yeah. of the people. Like you know, you want to, you always want to have it a great experience. And, you want to have it a great experience. To it, yeah. yeah. Boy, did I not connect to the red shoes. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the red shoes was that um, Lonnie the sequence, saw the, the, the connection. Well, sequence. no, I'll, yeah, that. No? But Lonnie, Lonnie caught the connection to. I think it was Lonnie caught the connection to, um, the Angel episode where they go to the ballet. Oh yeah, right. Waiting in the wings. Waiting in the wings. Joss is doing the yeah. red shoes in in right. that, and that's part of the joy of the list of shame, is mm-hmm. to 
seek out cult, you know, to learn cultural references and to to kind of broaden your palate. But holy cow, did I I, I not enjoy the film towards the end and even made made me a- angry where she throws herself in front of, sorry whoops made, oh, yeah. I spoil. <laughs> well I, I, I don't know but... spoilers about um dr sleeper spoilers about the red shoes like one the one of those things is not like like the other i think yeah. but um she... I, I the it's other thing we had an interesting experience too watching it we were watching it with Lonnie and yes. um, uh, a, a friend of ours, and their mm-hmm. uh, media critics, strong feminists, all of that. Yep. And like one of the things about being a straight white guy, even feminist, <laughs> like a straight white guy who considers himself a feminist, is that sometimes yep. you just don't see stuff. No, Some, sometimes no. you just, stuff just kind of flies under the radar or uh, whatever it is. But I mm-hmm. believe it was... This was so obvious. I, like, I, I think it was Lonnie called, started calling out how utterly mistreated. The movie supposedly, mm. ha, the, the ballerina is a protagonist, as I've yes. read uh, the, the way the movie is written, who has to, you know, is torn between love and her art and has to choose between the two of them and, and all of this. And uh, Lonnie starts calling out how completely mistreated by the selfish men she is around her right. um, and how underserved she is by the writing as she sits mm-hmm. in rooms and men around her argue over what she's like yeah. what she should be what she should do and like yeah. it's not it's not like subtext either it's like it's right there in your face and yeah it's me yeah she has no agency <laughs> and, and the ending the ending oh the ending makes me so angry Oh, I hated that yeah. so much. Yeah. Now I know it's. I I think it's based on. I, I this is a, a particular instance where I think knowing the the etymology of the the entire thing would make a difference. I believe it's based on Maybe. a ballet originally, and and okay. and the way it was adapted and so forth, which could account for some of the dated whatever. But I just found it kind of exhausting, except for the 10 minute sequence in the middle where they're they've that was been beautiful yeah they they're they're um rehearsing training to do this ballet so forth and then the movie switches um goes into the stage and what's on stage becomes reality and yeah. um we're taken so through surrealist. the ballet and it's beautiful and yeah, then the movie goes gorgeous. back to love or your art <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know and it's like there's no reason you can't have both and right, the, yeah. it's just you these two men are assholes you know mm. I, I could not get past the literal I don't, <laughs> if I don't it's like supposed any of them. yeah yeah I, I i by the end it was kind of driving and it's very slow i don't know um very yeah but again a part of me just wants to be that guy who says oh man the red shoes is wonderful. <laughs> it's I yeah. was moved by yeah. by what I saw. I, I, you know, but I'm just not. So it no. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two. Number two for me, Ian. Star Trek: The Motion Picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one surprised me too, but because I ended up hating it so much more than, than I thought I would. It's Full of these long, drawn-out, pretentious shots. Like, 
there's this one sequence towards the beginning where the camera slowly pans around the the Enterprise and it goes for like seven minutes. Yeah. And there's nothing. It's just slowly panning around. That's it. There, there might be a couple like small ships flying around in the back, background, but it's so boring. And we were talking about like <laughs> ruling watches this, but I couldn't wait for this shit to be over, man. Yeah, it was, it. it was, it was... It was not easy. And I'm um, a huge Star Trek fan. That was the yeah. first time I'd seen the first one. It was, That was the oh, only right. uh, original crew film that I had not seen. And, um, yeah. yeah. It's it's also, the, the thing of it is, is it's the most like an original series. It's the most like an original series episode. Yeah, right, right. But I get that vibe an original series episode was about 45 minutes long. This is almost yeah. two hours of the, of a movie that thinks it's 2001. You know, yes, Star I Trek was just about was to say a, that. That was in my notes. Yeah, Star it's Trek like, was a space cowboy. It was a space yeah. western. Um, it's, like, it's like the filmmakers saw 2001 and they, they tried to emulate it and they failed big time. Yeah, there's a wonderful mm. science fiction premise to the motion picture. It just is so not... Giant pulsating space butthole. <laughs> like, I, I, I sat there silently for a couple of minutes and I'm like, guys, does that look like a butthole to anyone else? And you're like, yes! Yeah. It's yeah. the strangest thing ever. Um... Yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. And for the rest of the movie, we could not get off the butthole. <laughs> we could not stop Look, talking about the space luckily, butthole. That was like three three quarters of the way through, I think. I, I don't know. That yeah. whole film like I, felt like five hours. Like I said, there's a 45-minute episode of the original series in there. And I, I, if you're a big fan of Star Trek, you're probably bristling at me saying it's a space western. It was originally... Uh, conceptualized as a space western Gene Roddenberry used the format to sneak mm. social and political commentary into it and and um, some nice hard science fiction premises right. into it and so forth and that is here but it just forgets the space western part you know um, as a space nerd like I love space and planets and the universe and all that, and all that stuff I did appreciate the Vija yeah, storyline but it just wasn't done very well. I love no. the idea, but it was just... Yeah, we, eventually we'll watch the second one, and it's a complete... It, <laughs> I, I freaking hope so. Yeah, I, I don't know if... So. I don't know if... I, it's been a while since I've seen Wrath of Khan, but my number two is a tie. Oh, okay, a tie. In, interesting. Okay. What do we got? Between Attack oh, of the I Killer Tomatoes know. and The Room. <laughs> I, I knew it! The two that I loved! <laughs> the two that I loved. The other reason I didn't put the room is because I saw that like a couple years. Yeah, yeah it doesn't count as new. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> like so bad. At, they're good movies. I've learned that about myself this year. I really have not taken time before to watch. I, I mean, I've seen Plan Nine from Outer Space, but I watched that after watching Ed Wood, um, right. which is a different kind of experience. Um, yeah, I'm not into. I, I just cannot shake That's bad, dude. the I'd rather be watching something that is good. Uh, that is actually good. It, it just does yeah. not Yeah. But I think I, I think I had to learn that. And uh I and it was the right audience. We watched it with our watch group. 
we all love each other like we've got good chemistry so the 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 deck was stacked for that those to be good times and i hated every minute of both of them you had a couple of giggles though the there was one in attack of the was very did i say attack of the killer clone attack of the killer tomatoes had the way the tomatoes sounded i think i i thought that was cute and other than that i just found it grueling yeah but not in a midsummer kind of way and the room baffled yeah it's just it's like it was like watching a movie that was written by google translate you know or like uh uh uh, autofill and i felt yeah. so bad for the woman who's in the movie uh yeah, poor woman. and there was so why were there five what five sex scenes i forgot and they were they, they were all come comprised of the same shoot too because um uh, the, the woman i forget her name juliet some something i think um she was too uncomfortable to film a second sex sex scenes so they use leftover footage from the first one yeah and i get it that's part of his uh, tommy wiseau's mythos and how strange he is and yada yada yada. again it's just i find it frustrating and not it's just not fun i I, it's it's not a fun experience for me i want i i loved it loved it everything else that we watched save for one uh (laughs) I enjoyed more. even Citizen Kane. Like at least it was beautifully yeah. composed. Yeah. Um, the red True. shoes is beautiful. It's beautifully mm-hmm. shot. The color is wonderful. Yeah, it has that ten mi- ten minute sequence yeah. in the middle. It's culturally relevant. I mean, I guess the room yeah. might be more culturally relevant than it is now, red yeah. shoes. So yeah. I don't know. I just am not a bad movie kind of person. That's fair, dude. I, That's fair. Uh, <laughs> and even in a group, like a group, watching it with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. I, I just am sitting there going, why don't we just turn this off and talk? You know, that <laughs> sounds far more entertaining. I love all of you. That's Let's have a conversation fair. about anything other than this. Uh, so I don't, words, I don't, watching the room again. I don't normally get frustrated or worked up by it. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I understand the, uh, um, the, the the movie that was made about Tommy Wiseau mm-hmm. might might have the, made the it disaster artist more. But the funny thing is, now after watching this, I don't even think I care. I like I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't. I just don't want to think about this person and this movie anymore. <laughs> no strike against Dude. anyone who loves it. No strike no, against it. It's just like this. I know the, this is me and my tastes. Uh, I I've got no argument against anything you've you've said because you you are spot on. But I loved it for all those reasons. Well, and the other thing too is, in both of these cases, someone made something, and that is yeah. that is more important than anything. You know, whatever you have to say about Tommy Wiseau, the dude, you know, the dude went out and made something, mm-hmm. shot something, put something together. Uh, uh, that is more important than any of the criticism that will ever be levied yeah. against that film. Um, yeah. To make things, to have the courage to go out and make things, um, means that, that to some degree, other than like if you're trying to get better or want to be better at what you're doing, the criticism is irrelevant. You know, that's mm-hmm. something for 
us as the community who consumes it versus right. him. So I'm not uh, I'm not being pretentious or down on people who make no. things. It's just like no, it's okay. more it. power to you. I don't want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, now number one, I'm pretty sure we're yeah, we have, have the same, to say no, number one. Yeah, uh, the pledge. Kind uh, of unexpected. Neither. It, it was Sean, Sean Penn, wasn't it? Was it was directed by Sean Penn. Robin Wright yeah. is in it. Um, and Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson plays a cop who uh, that is chasing after that one case that got away, uh, who's a child murderer. Um, unexpected because it's not a so bad, it's good movie, but it's no. not considered. And it's not a classic film. I think it ended up on our list from Roger Ebert's uh, great yeah. films. Yeah, that's where you found it. Yeah. And... Uh, Wow, we all hated the experience it's, of it. It's got one of the most unsatisfying endings I've ever seen. It, like, do, do you remember? I literally started yelling at my screen. Like, <laughs> what? We don't even what? Yeah. Why? Um, um, and it, it's poorly edited. Um, bizarre it, decisions I, I for the way it's like shot. It was it it was edited by like a 12 year old film student and it gave me this irrational hatred of cross dissolves like so many cross dissolves what the fuck what felt like i mean any to me any kind of cut whether it's a uh i mean a dissolve is not a cut but any kind of transition from one shot to another needs to be motivated there's a decision behind why you did that and why even if it's um you know, wide shot, close up, close up, close up, wide shot. You know, the 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 motivation for that is efficiency. You are on a schedule. You have two weeks to finish an episode. You are just banging this scene out. But there are baffling visual decisions throughout uh, this film. Where why? Is, what is he trying to? Do you, do you remember that one se- sequence where there was like three cross dissolves in, in like one, 30 se- seconds? Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the uh, the famous instance of it is uh, uh, Liam Neeson jumping over a fence in the Taken franchise. Okay. And there's it's a shot of him running up to a fence, going over a fence, and running away. And there are 11 cuts in... In in the the whole thing, so the justification. There may even be more justification there. It's it's to speed things up, and to you know hyper editing the Paul Greengrass kind of thing, which he's the only one that really does that's really well. Um, is a is a style, but the the cross constant cross dissolve. It was yeah. just bizarre. It was so. It felt like a it's, college movie project, and it was not fun. Yeah. And there's gruesome stuff that occurs on to, screen. And there was nothing to like like about it. Seriously, I couldn't. I can't think of a single positive just to say about it. I mean, I guess Jack Nicholson was fine in it. The I, I thought the performances around Jack Nicholson were all good. I thought Robin Wright was great. I thought the actors did yeah. a did a wonderful job. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's I'm just surprised it was made made by someone as prolific as Sean Sean Penn. Yeah, and you it's show mur- they show murdered children on screen, uh, gruesomely yeah. murdered children on screen, and to me, yeah. if you're gonna do that to the audience, you have to justify it in some way. Yeah, there's gotta and, be a reason for it. Yeah, and and, and the movie ultimately because it has an ending that says, 
well, so sometimes bad things happen. Yeah, and sometimes the bad guy gets away. Yeah, of... it's like, okay, I'm never watching a movie. That, that's true, no, hmm. but that's not good storytelling. And no. I'm never watching something you've directed again. <laughs> but it's funny, yeah. that movie in our, our uh, movie group has become the gold That's standard the of at yeah. l- it's the bar at least yeah it, it, it's it's almost it's like the uh, um in the patreon hangouts for a while there it seemed like seeing red came up every episode all things yeah. lead to seeing red for, for some yeah. reason at some point um yeah, yeah it, it, for we had a good run of someone mentioning the pledge and at least once uh yeah uh, a movie night and we almost got away with it last last um when we watched gone, gone girl a couple of days days ago but well yeah and then right i said at the end someone yeah. mentioned it oh, that was me wasn't it yes and then everyone <laughs> dumped on me oh we almost did it seriously we were about to hang up and say say bye and Ian's like well the pledge I'm like oh god damn it Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah anyway i'm looking forward to i have loved this project. So we watched about 35 movies last year. I have loved mm-hmm. this project. And we mix in um, personal favorites that the other one hasn't seen or someone in the group hasn't mm-hmm. seen um, mm-hmm. for for these. So you get a nice mix of current and older stuff. But I'm looking forward to I've really enjoyed yeah. doing it. And I've felt its uh, absence when we've skipped the, the yeah. Friday. And um, we've got like now we're up to like two hundred and ninety odd odd films still, so we're going to be doing it for a long time. So yeah. if you enjoy this, keep 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 on watching with well, us. Any, and, yeah, anytime yeah. someone in the group has, says, "Oh, I've never seen," you've never seen. All right, we're putting it on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like I'll just be like surfing the internet, and I'll find some random film somewhere, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll put that that mm-hmm. on." But 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 it's mostly like really like um. Just stuff I've never heard heard of, you know, like weird stuff, and yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, that was our uh, top five and bottom three yeah. uh, movies of the year. Uh, Let us know what your, your, yours are. Yeah, please so, down in the comments. Yeah. Best five things you uh, watched this year. Next week we're gonna do games. We were gonna do TV, mm-hmm. but. We really haven't watched enough television shows to even justify yeah. a, a right. top five list. Um, yeah. So we're going to figure out a way to talk about some of uh, the best shows that we've watched this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know that I'm at Ian Nitram on Twitter. And I am at Lack, Lack of Surprise One. That's all uh, lo- lo- lowercase with the number one at the end. Uh, if you'd like to support the channel and keep us flush with sober horror and holiday cheer you can do so at patreon.com slash passion of the nerd with the five dollar and up club you can join us in the hangout uh on october 3rd wait no that's wrong wait whoops no two weeks from saturday Uh, the 12th yeah uh at 4 30 p.m mountain time we're going to be talking about the buffy episode out of my mind or you can also support us by grabbing it yourself something from Passion of the Nerd forward slash uh, no, pa- Passion of the Nerd dot com forward slash store. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, all of the stuff you'd, you'd expect to find there. And at some point, we're going to uh, have some podcast of the nerds merch in there for you to buy. Very soon. Like very soon, and we're excited to share it with you. Um, very excited. All right, let's go to the fanfic reading now. 
Here is Gone by Terry Boda, Chapter 38. Pain. Pain was his world. Pain was his universe. Pain was all that was left of his mind and soul. He remembered all too well the tortures Glory had visited upon him, and her attentions were no different this time. Only now he made a terrible realization. He had killed the Sobek demon before it had had a chance to lead Buffy to the clearing near the apartment complex where Glory lived. Without that point of reference to start from, and even if the Scoobies did come after him, which he doubted they would, they would have no idea where to even begin their search. The knowledge added an edge of dark despair to his suffering. He was truly on his own. No rescue party would arrive at the last minute to save him from this hell bitch's cruelties. If he was to survive, he would have to save himself. And he had to survive. Somehow, in spite of all his efforts, Glory still found out that the key was in human form. It was another example of the futility of his actions. No matter what he did, or how hard he, he tried, the events from the previous timeline still seemed to occur in the same sequence that they had taken before. Now Dawn was in serious danger again, and so was Tara. He had to get out of here and find a way to kill Ben. It all came down to that one solution. Kill Ben. He had wanted to kill Ben from the outset, but it allowed Giles's adamant refusal to sway him from his task. He now recommitted himself to taking out the intern, and nothing, not Buffy nor the Watcher, not even the chip in his own or his own death was going to stop him. Now all he had to do was escape from the hell bitch's clutches and get somewhere safe long enough to heal and figure out how to kill a human when the chip wouldn't let him even think about hurting anyone. Gathering what was left of his strength, he prepared to taunt Glory into kicking him out of the chains so he could try to stagger his way out of the building. Worked so well last time. A sharp slap to the face brought him out of his thoughts, and he became aware once again of his body hanging from the chains in the ceiling, broken and bloodied as he tried to alleviate the pressure by standing on his toes. I have a riddle for you, precious. How is a, how is a vampire that won't talk like an apple? She taunted sweetly. She brought a knife down to his chest and peeled away the skin, leaving a patch of exposed red flesh. He went rigid with pain and gasped. Think I can do you in one long strip? She asked, flashing the knife. Spike swallowed slowly and licked his lips. Enough. He whispered hoarsely. No more. I'll tell you where the sudden key is. Glory gave him, gave him a vicious smile and pulled the knife away. Good. As he had before, he tried to stall for as long as he could, but it only earned him more pain and beating. Finally, he thought he had the timing about right and asked for a glass of water. Glory graciously provided him with one and held it to his lips so he could drink. She had done this for him before, and he knew that she would smash the glass into his face. 
Is that better? Do you think you can try to talk again now? The hell god asked. Taking a deep breath, he managed to nod. Good, because I'm tired of these games. The glass smashed against his cheek, slicing into his flesh as it shattered. I need time. I, I need a drink. You're a very needy little bloodsucker, and it's not very attractive. So start talking, Glory demanded, throwing herself down on the couch and facing him with her legs crossed. Yeah, okay. The key. Well, here's the thing, he began, surreptitiously working to loosen the chains that held his wrists and trying to twist his hands through. It's that guy on TV, what's his name? On the television, Glory repeated, incredulous. On that show, the Bryce's show, where they guess what stuff costs. He continued, casting a glance behind him to the closed front door. The price is right, one of the minions in robes offered. Bob Barker, another finished excitedly. We will get Bob Barker. We will bring you the limp and beaten body of Bob Barker, the first minion said. Glory stood up and spun on her minions with the narrowed eyes. They cringed. It's not Bob Barker, you scabby morons, she yelled, then approached Spike. The key is new to this world, and Bob Barker is old as grit. She came close, her face mere centimeters from his bloody che cheeks. The vampire is lying to me. He laughed thinly, with not a small hint of hysteria and bitterness in his voice, as he continued to work on freeing his hands. Yeah, he admitted, but it was fun. And guess what, bitch? I'm not telling you, Jack. You're never going to get your sodden key because you might be strong, but in our world, you're an idiot. I am a god, Glory said seriously. The god of what? Bad home perms, he taunted, seeing her get angry and feel at her hair. Shut up! I command you to shut up, she demanded. Yeah, okay. I mean, sorry. But I just had no idea gods were such prancing lightweights, he continued, looking at the door and trying to line his body up with it. Glory gave him an angry shout, angry snort, coming close as he punctuated his next words with as much contempt as he could muster. Mark my words, the Slayer is going to kick your skanky, lopsided ass back to whatever place would take a cheap, whorish, fashion victim ex-god like you. On cue, just as he finished saying the words, Glory rounded and kicked him so hard that the chains that held him snapped and he went flying backwards, directly through the closed front door in a torrent of splinters. He was exceedingly lucky that one of them did not pierce his heart. He landed in the hallway and struggled to his feet in spite of the pain he was in. Good plan, Spike. He choked to himself as he stood on shaky but mercifully unbroken legs. Unsteady and in agony, he made his way as quickly as his battered body would allow to the elevator. It closed in front of him as he got there and he had to pry the doors apart. Glory's minions were hot on his heels as he forced the doors open and threw himself down the shaft to land on the roof of the descending car. Pushing the escape hatch in, he let himself fall through the opening and land heavily on the elevator floor. 
He knew the minions would be waiting for him when it stopped at the lobby, and he would have to fight his way through them, then get to the basement where he could hopefully either find a way into the sewers or hole up in a safe place to hide until nightfall. He stood, ready to fight the moment the doors opened, knowing there would be no help for him this time. The elevator stopped. The doors slid open. He tensed and prepared to do battle for his unlife. "'You do not insult glory by escaping,' one of the minions said as they came towards him. Setting his jaw, he was ready for them, fist clenched. fists clenched. Then a miracle happened, and for a moment he could not believe what he was seeing as the building doors flew open with a powerful kick, and Buffy was there, crossbow in hand. The robot, the whelp, the watcher, witch and demon girl were all with her, all battle-ready and supremely pissed off. His legs gave out as the shock washed through him, followed by relief and some studded awe as he watched the Slayer and the Scoobies begin to fight. He noticed that she was wielding the Gruthlak battle-axe like a true warrior, and he smiled through bloody, bloodied lips. She finally got a chance to use it, he thought. It was the last thing that entered his mind before he passed out. He woke with a scream on his lips, but was quickly shushed by a soft voice and a gentle hand. You're, you're safe. It's okay. You're, you're safe now, a voice whispered, and he recognized it as Tara. Glinda, he choked. Yeah, yes, it's me. Buffy and the others rescued you from glory. You're in Buffy's basement. You already had clothes and a cot here, so it seemed a logical place to bring you, Tara explained. Danger. He managed. No, no, it's okay. Willow and I have the protection spells up. If Glory tries to get you anywhere near here, they'll they'll sound an alarm. How'd you find me? Location spell. Giles helped, and you had left some of your clothes here, so we had something to use as focus. He was so humbled and grateful that he almost started to cry. Thank you, he said sincerely. We, we couldn't leave you here. Your family, she answered, recalling memories of that night not so long ago when he and the others had fought for her against her family. I want, I want you to know, too, that what we didn't tell about your soul, that is. Giles and I, we kept it secret still, but we couldn't let Glory hurt you. More than she already did, she added. It's okay. I understand. I'm grateful. Where's Dawn? he asked, his concern coming through in spite of his hoarse voice. She's safe. Uh, she's upstairs, worried about you. We're all worried about you. You've taken a number of beatings in a very short time. Buffy. She's upstairs, too. Do, do you want me to get her? He managed a small nod. Okay, I'll get her, but... Don't talk too long. You're really weak and you need to heal. Willow and I put more pain block spells on you, but you still need rest. As she moved to leave, he reached out for her hand, feeling blindly for it because his eyes were nearly swollen shut. When her hand came in contact with his own, he held it loosely. Glinda. Yes. 
Lori knows the key is human. I don't know how she knows. Don't go anywhere alone, okay? Even if you and Red are having a bit of a tiff, don't go storming off by yourself. Trust me, please? He warned faintly. Her hand gripped his tightly, then released. I won't. Thank you. He nodded, rolling his head back and letting his hand fall from hers. She smoothed back his hair. Then he heard her leave. It was quite a few minutes before it, the, the telltale footsteps of the Slayer came down the basement stairs. Slayer, he whispered in greeting before she had a chance to speak. Tara said you wanted to see me, Buffy's voice said, calmly but with an edge of apprehension. Why I wanted you to know. I, I didn't tell. There was silence. Then Buffy said softly, I know. Don't, ma don't make a difference, though. Glory knows the key's human. How? He shook his head. Don't know. Swear they got me. Thought it was the key. He tried to laugh, but coughed and said, <coughs> Wankers. This is bad, Spike. I know. She's going to start coming for the Scoobies. One by one. It's just a matter of time. He heard her settle next to him on the floor beside his cot. We have to find a way to beat her before she finds out about Dawn. Uh, Giles has been going through the stuff the Council gave us, but so far nothing's been helpful. She has to have a weakness, or else those monks would never have sent her to me in the first place. I'm working on it. But you have to give us a minute. Cuts and bones need mending. I should let you rest. Glory really beats you up. You've been beaten up a lot lately. He sighed and smiled to himself. He's more than all that to keep me down. I'm a tough old bastard, I am. Take a licking and, you know. Buffy laughed softly at his joke. Yeah, I figured that. You've suffered a lot lately. And you've helped a lot. Granted, I'm not pleased with finding out you had a robot of me made by that twisted geek Warren, but I wasn't supposed to, he tried. I know, but still, ew. I'm just glad it isn't a good copy of me. I mean, how could anyone think that thing was me? It isn't even real. He wisely kept silent, knowing full well that Warren's creation had fooled the demons of Sunnydale for almost four months during the summer of Buffy's death. Then he felt her take his hand gently. What you did for me, and for Dawn, that was real. I won't forget it. He heard her lean close, then felt her plant a chaste kiss against his temple. Thank you, she whispered very softly. Buffy, he murmured, but she was already pulling away. I should let you rest. I have a sick feeling that things are going to heat up pretty quick around here and we'll need your help. He nodded as she stood and walked off. He tracked her with his hearing until she passed at the basement steps. I'll have Dawn bring down some blood for you. She's anxious to see you and it'll give her an excuse to come down, she said. Thanks. You're welcome. 
There was another pause, then she said softly, Get some rest, Spike. And thanks. You're welcome, he whispered back. But she didn't hear him. She, she had already climbed her way up the stairs, leaving him alone in the basement. Well, Ian, yes, another Jack. one in the bag. Another one bites the dust. Dun, dun, yeah, we're, dun. we're almost at the end, the end of the year. Yeah, uh, it's my favorite time of year. I love um, November and, Jan and December. January, eh. but now that I've, I've made the point of New Year's resolutions... Um, I like January a little more. I get a little more zest for. Okay, New Year. Let's get to it. What do we want to do? What do we um, want to get done? I'm I'm I don't know exactly what our game game plan is over the holiday break with our with with the podcast and whatnot. But um, well, I think we I were think we were talking about two more episodes and then taking a break yeah, until January. Yeah, a bit of a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's prob probably what we're going to end up doing. Maybe. Um, we could try and well, I I think we are going to uh, try and film one when when I'm away. I'm gonna take my equipment with me, and we'll see what uh, happens there. Um, it's just, yeah, I'll be in a house full of people and no. dogs and noise and be able. To see Lonnie and I will be in the same there. room, so if uh, oh yeah, we should do, do me, that then. Yeah, um, we could do either we could do a three person, or um, if you're not available, I could um, convince her to do. <laughs> Uh, a one-off. Yeah. Um, so what are we doing next week? Um, uh, so yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, top five um, games that we've played uh, this games year. Games played um, this year. This I, year. I yes. actually, I, I, it's funny, my New Year's resolution. I lost about 30 pounds, but um, other mm -hmm. and wrote 20,000 words. I'm going to talk about this in the New Year's thing. Like, I want to bring back doing a little bit of New Year's resolution stuff each week. I think that um you know it's motivating i think it's positive i yeah. think it's um it's all about new year's resolutions to me are just dreams you're dreaming mm -hmm. the uh yeah. one of the most insidious things about being a person is the bubble the bubble of yeah. normal you know and and yeah. forgetting that there is a bubble and I, I you know i think if you forget that and sort of get sucked into the um Life is just numbing by its very yeah. nature. Day in, day out, <laughs> pay bills, mm -hmm. do the work, get food, another meal, another bathroom, another shower. You know, that wears you down and it normalizes yeah. everything. And mm -hmm. at some point, I think if you're, I think the beauty of New Year's resolutions is, is there are some where it's like, I'd love to lose a little bit of weight, but I, I really enjoy coming up with stuff that doesn't exist in the bubble because i think we all fall victim right. to like i can't do that i'm not a hmm. writer i'm not a uh, this i'm not a that it's like who cares mm -hmm. that's not the point you know yeah. like you're defining your decisions and what's possible for your life by only the things that exist inside your bubble that gets so numbing and boring right um and so i want to come up with some things that don't exist in the bubble every year and shoot for them if you don't get them who cares well, well, the, well, the the thing is, I've never done New Year's resolutions before. Well, not really, and so I'm I'm excited, but I'm also kind of in 
in, intimidated for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I think it's, most people, I, I think not most people, I shouldn't say most people. I think a lot of people treat it as a form of self-flagellation. And Yeah, and, when that's not what, what, what it's yeah. about. And if you have a resolution to lose weight or quit smoking or quit drinking or whatever, whatever it is, and then you fail, then the, and I say fail as in stop trying, not, mm-hmm. you know, slip up. Then uh, the next year you're like, eh. You know, the the I whenever I get excited about New Year's resolutions, I hear people say to me like, "Well, yeah, most people don't. Like statistically, most people don't." St-. I was like, "Of course they don't. Of course they don't." But that's not the point. The point is to try. Right. Yeah. The point is to yeah. to dream. Come up with a dream for something that sounds exciting. Do you want to skydive? Could you do that? Let's just try and get that done. I don't know if this is an an actual statistic, but I remember reading somewhere that like most people give give up on their resolutions by the end of January or something yeah. like that. This year, because of the podcast, which was originally founded on the idea of resolutions and kind of moving things forward, I mm-hmm. stuck with things. I was working on the novel in November. It's just been it's just been tough to sort of juggle. I've been content to focus on couple of things but i lost weight you know and and uh gained more subscribers and mm-hmm. uh, you know part of the thing we'll do in january is kind of like a um an inventory of how the last year went in a couple of different right. categories and yep. then use that as fuel for but the point is just uh, if you want to have success the point is just not to beat yourself up and to expect mm. failure, who cares? Right. You know, if you if I yeah. slip up and have a donut, yeah, it's not the end of the world. And now yeah. we try again. You know, the right. genuine failure is in most cases really just to stop trying, um, which again is why I want to do this again. I, why I want to because right. um, I want to keep trying. I want to keep um, keeping myself motivated. Um, and again, well, that's I'm why keen, man. that's why I think it's it's a good idea not to lean too heavy on the. Well, I wish I was more handsome, and I wish I would like yeah. the 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 because that's superficial shit that doesn't. Well, it's up. it's also like, it's the point is not to do the opposite of all the things you dislike about yourself. You should love yourself. Like you should like, mm-hmm. um, um, the point to me are. I wanted to lose weight because I want to be healthy, like longevity. I was thinking about, I'm really enjoying my life the past few years. Things are good. You know, I've built myself up to a place where I feel confident uh, and comfortable with my life in a way that I probably never have. Um, and I'm a big boy. Now, <laughs> it's not the vanity of that, that that really bothers me. It's that I would like to be experiencing this good life um in the best way that i'm physically capable of healthy and full of energy and all of this and that was my the reason why i thought okay and i'm just not for me numbers are a score i make a game out of everything ian you should be a motivational speaker (laughs) holy shit like you just you blow me away so often or i'm just just like Please just keep talking. Just, just tell me all the things. Well, we're gonna that it, that'll be the first podcast in January. Is the mm-hmm. first podcast where you and I are back together. There might be a one-off yeah. with Lonnie or or. I'm aiming to be back sort of late Jan- January, okay. maybe early fe- February. We'll um, see. I usually go for like four four to six weeks, but we'll see. And I invite anyone listening 
to I'm going to I'm going to share with you last year's goals, including the ones that I spectacularly didn't deliver on. Um, I didn't make any re- resolutions myself, but I'll be re- recapping. Yeah, we'll do an inventory on some good stuff and some bad stuff and whatnot. Yeah, we'll do an inventory on like health, money, mm-hmm. b- uh, entertainment, like all the productivity, creativity, like, mm-hmm. and and yeah. it's a good way of sort of thinking about where do I want to go from from here. And it's just a good way of framing things too, and and sort of. You know, maybe some things that seemed bad might not have been as bad as they were if you're yeah. able to frame them in a certain way. I, I don't know. I, I yeah. constantly drive myself crazy over the videos and why they haven't, been, yeah. why there's not a new one and why the script isn't done yet mm. and this, that, we and the other We were talking thing. just the other day about that. Yeah, you're, I... You're, you're over schedule a little bit now. But every time I think about this year, think about 2020 and think about... Yeah. You know, I had a hard drinking habit that I've been doing for 20 years, and I, mm. it's been eight months sober, you know. Um, mm. That's amazing. The, there's been stuff going on with my family. There's been uh, many things, many, many things, and a pandemic, and this and the other. Yeah. And I believe I put out a video every month, or close to um, every month, including some of my best writing in the six or seven years that I've been doing the channel. That's mm. pretty good. I still want to do more, but not because I hate myself or am frustrated with what I've done, but because I think I can do more, and I, yeah. I, I think it would be good. So, And that's what, what it's about, man. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll set that conversation up the mm-hmm. last podcast, because I invite anyone listening to um, participate with us and do the mm-hmm. exercise along with us. Again... Yeah. This should be fun. Dreaming is yeah. supposed to be fun. Wouldn't yeah. it be amazing if, you know, uh, not it's this is not supposed to be a way of beating yourself up. And I no. think people use New Year's resolutions to do that, myself included. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I guess that's why I've never done them before because I didn't want to put put myself. I mean, I'm already hard enough on, on my, myself sure. as as it is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Ian, what else are we doing next week? Um, we're also going to play another round of the dating game. And I'll give you my best guess for where Jack loves to smush his boo. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, it's his Benz. Yep, that's where. Yeah. But my Benz and, and my, my my Lambo's secondary. <laughs> not on, there's not enough headroom. <laughs> okay, I guess <laughs> Thanks, friends. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. I'm sorry. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.